0: Welcome back to the Pod of Greed. That's right. This is a huge, huge, huge Yu-Gi-Oh! week. Who would have guessed yeah. that the Tokyo Dome event would give us so much?
1: Yeah, we knew the Tokyo Dome was going to be saying some things, but we did not know there would be this many announcements. Plus, there's like Master Duel stuff going on. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely team. a lot. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys have had a good week. Shout-outs to everybody watching the premiere on YouTube. Ones in chat. Ones, Real in, ones. Chat. ones, Real in, ones. in chat. Real yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see real quick, though, if we've got a new review. I think we do. Oh, we got. Okay, so this person says, awesome. His name is Sword Soul Sucker. Um, (laughs) Love these guys. They cover all sorts of card game news, not just Yu-Gi-Oh! and make it so interesting and fun. Definitely recommend Team APS to the simple fact they break a lot of what's going on down in a way I can understand and bring up ideas I never even thought of. Keep up the amazing work, guys.
0: Hey, We try. Thanks, much
1: appreciated.
0: I wonder if Sword Soul Sucker is a combination of Soul Soul, Sword Soul and Vampire Sucker.
1: Or you just a sucker for Sword Souls.
0: Oh, okay. Because the other way I was thinking would have been horribly inappropriate. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we appreciate the positive review if you guys are ever on Apple or Google or anything that lets you um, review the podcast. Yeah, that is Spotify, much appreciated. Yeah. Five stars helps. One star probably still helps. But like, don't do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't do it, but. I'll appreciate it.
1: Okay, let's get going with the Tokyo Dome news, because there's a lot to cover, and I'm going to just try to kind of power through it. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing we got to talk about is probably the, um, the video. The video. The yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh Chronicles. The video. So this is a, um, I would put it on screen, and but I'm in, like, in fear of copyright strikes. <laughs> um, this is a an animated Yu-Gi-Oh short, I guess you could call it,
0: yeah, those be, it was longer than a short.
1: Yeah, it was six minutes long, and it was just a compilation of a lot of different archetypes, kind of notable ones. Um, it
0: starts off with Dark Magician and Dark Magician Girl, but then it goes as far as to show Double-A Zeus and Typhon.
1: Yeah, and even like the Sky Striker cars and everything. So basically, they showcased a bunch of different archetypes in just beautiful, well-animated kind of montages that just showcase parts of their lore stories.
0: It was animated so well. You think Mappa did it?
1: Yeah, this is apparently actually an announcement of Konami's new um, animation studio. It's mm. called, I think, Konami Animation.
0: Yeah, Konami Animation.
1: Yeah. Um, so here's what all got shown. There was Dark Magician and Blue Eyes, um, following you know Blue Eyes White Dragon and Red Eyes were they were like in there in the, yeah. in the background, I think. And then we saw Maiden with Eyes of Blue and Azure Eyes Silver Dragon, mm-hmm. the Spirit Charmers. The third Ice Dragon, Trishula, Unleashed. That, that one looked cool. Melfis of the Joyous Forest.
0: That Divine was a cool
1: Arsenal. a Yeah, the Melfi one actually got a, um, it kind of got its own separate, like, look, more so. Yeah. That kind of looks like how their cards are drawn. Though, I pastel. did think,
0: it, I, so whoever put it together, or whoever ordered it, they knew exactly what they were doing by putting Zeus right after Melfis, because that's their play. Yeah, that is, yeah that's
1: true. <laughs> Melfis do, they they make Zeus. Divine Arsenal, AA Zeus, Sky Thunder, which actually used CG animation, mm-hmm. which I think was a very—it uh, it felt even more Mecha in that way because it like felt mecha very anime.
0: Gundam Seed.
1: Yeah, Mecha anime loved the CG.
0: They love it. Crazy lasers, lots
1: of lasers. It reminds me actually about that uh, Divine Arsenal Zeus, f- like put together figure thing, the, oh, thing, the buildable figure that yeah. they announced a while back.
0: That's not out yet. I it? haven't heard too I'm much more build about one.
1: it. The legendary six samurai. Mm. I liked that one a lot. That was Cause cool. Because
0: that was the samurai fighting ninjas, right?
1: I, I thought that the ninjas showed up. If yeah. I'm correct, it felt like it was like basically the scene of evenly matched. As I well. think it was. Like I think that I think might have it been literally might painting. have been that. I'll have to double check. Live twin and evil twins. That, basically. Was cool. that Getting was to cool. see their internet personas and then also just them mm-hmm. like as, off as the computer. The,
0: they're streamers, but also phantom thieves. Who knew?
1: Yeah, um, fallen of Albaz was in there, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Exodia, the Guardian God of the Palace, um, which I think is like technically might be that was probably related to the new Exodia stuff. Yeah, the new
0: announced. Millennium stuff.
1: Visas, the glimmers through stars and frost. That's sort of the, like the translation Visa of star, uh, frost. Visa okay. star frost. All right, I was like, because it said all the names like trend, the translated OCG names mm-hmm. were like in the trailer, so yeah, Visa Starfrost, Fire Kings versus Atlanteans, which gives me hope of an Atlantean. Uh, structure deck.
0: That would be cool since Fire Kings have become a huge thing.
1: Yeah, like Fire Kings just got a structure and like the last time they got that Atlanteans were like right after and they're literally fighting each other. So mm-hmm. The Ocean Up in Flames is what that's called. I like it. Diabelle Star, the Curse Defying Witch.
0: Now, that one was more so like a, a much shorter animation. I wanted to see more but I guess because the, the, the Diabell Star story is still going they didn't show too much.
1: Yeah, you see her waking up in bed I guess with like... They
0: didn't show hoplars. her Bottle of water.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if I was beside the bed. Um, Dragon dragon Rulers, the paranormal calamity. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got to have dragon rulers. They're very iconic. I M- forgot. Majestus, the great sorcery. So that, that right? uh, showed the four, huh?
0: Oh, it was. I, I was trying to remember the Majestus. Yeah,
1: like Zoroa and um, others. Uh, I don't remember their other names. Probably. That's the only one I know. Yeah, I know Zoroa because I use it or used it in Witchcrafters. Sulfacord, the ensemble of happiness, got a slightly longer section. Turns out, Sulfacords were the ones playing the music in the trailer. Oh. Like it just kind of shows it lines up.
0: I feel bad. I actually didn't recognize them. I thought they were the other like kind of. They remind me archetype. of. I thought yeah. they were the um like is it not melodious but not like melodious um Lira- no not Lyra, they're birds
1: yeah there's I know I know what you're talking
0: about <laughs> yeah I just had them confused with different archetype
1: I also thought they were like a that, but don't chase food, yeah, but we eat though. Either way, and the video concludes with Skystriker Ace Ray and Rose clashing,
0: which that one was kind of sick.
1: So I thought this was really cool. This is um the not actually the first work of Konami Animation. It was not, as you informed me.
0: Yeah, the Konami Animation actually worked on the OP for a *Rain* the Seven Spellblades, an anime that came out two seasons ago. Yeah, a few seasons ago. A now. F- a few seasons ago.
1: Yeah, we watched it, and I remember feeling when I watched it, like, I was like, man, the, the animation for this, like, intro is, like, really good. So, it, it, it felt was, very...
0: It, it felt like a video game opening, not necessarily an anime opening.
1: Yeah, so, like I said, a lot of cool archetypes represented. Uh, sorry I can't show the footage here. I just don't want to get, you know, copyright struck or anything I'd like be, that. But
0: I'd be surprised if you guys hadn't seen it
1: yet. Yeah, I mean, you guys can see it. Look it up. Look up Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, card game, The Chronicles. So this is exciting for a number of reasons. If you've been listening to this podcast, actually, we have said basically every other week I have a rant about how like Konami really does need to be making like, you know, exciting kind of animated shorts Mm. or trailers that, um, you know, that like expand expand on the lore a little bit or just or just hype building. Right. Like if a new set's coming out, like let's let's get a trailer. Let's kind of see. We're
0: always asking for more anime.
1: Yeah. Let's see what the story is. And this could be interesting too in that regard, huh? Mm. Like if like let's assume maybe that they made an actual anime of these. Like it seems like there's now a real possibility of that. Because mm-hmm. they have a studio. But no
0: confirmation, guys. That has not yeah. been confirmed. Yeah, this is
1: not a confirmation of any of that. That so that's actually one thing that I have seen a lot of people online like having a misunderstanding. This is just like currently this little piece of media is just sort of a celebration of some archetypes and yep. like a demo. Purely really. promotional. Yeah, this is a demo reel, a few different animation styles. None of these are like, it's gonna have a season or whatever.
0: However, Relax.
1: however, because it was very popular, mm. and because they now have an animation studio, I think that that means there could be, there's a lot of potential for that.
0: I do think that it should not be lost on Konami how deeply that these videos penetrated in the mainstream zeitgeist. Yep. Everybody who had ever been interested in Yu-Gi-Oh! saw these videos and got hype. Everybody saw something they recognized. Yeah, the, and they uh, were like, wait, are we getting an anime now?
1: Yeah, the video, Um, I need to actually look it up real quick. But the video on YouTube, just when it first went up on the like OCG Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. channel got a lot of views. Um
0: I haven't seen the view count, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the most viewed thing they've of, had ever.
1: Lots of reactions. Um on the Konami channel it has four hundred and six K views, but on the official like Yu Gi Oh OCG channel, one point four million views. Let's go. That's like the most viewed Yu Gi Oh thing that quickly I think ever.
0: Hey they almost like, ha- they have they modern... have as almost as many views as some of our more popular works.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah I mean <laughs> but like that, that really is like in modern history, like, kind of with just the TCG, I think that's the most viewed, like, piece yeah. of official media they've had. I mean, the last time I remember Yu-Gi-Oh! really being that exciting was maybe either Master Duel's announcement or, like, the Dark Side of Dimensions, like, trailers mm-hmm. and stuff. So, definitely, like, worth noting that, you know, hey, people care about this. There yep. is, there's interest, right there's here. audience appeal, a lot of reaction videos yep. and stuff. Um, so... I would love to see it. I'd love to see more archetypes get fleshed out this way.
0: And, uh, you know, I I kind of would have liked them to the premiere at Worlds that we were at that had nothing.
1: Yeah, this, this Tokyo Dome event in general just had a little bit of everything.
0: Everything we wanted at Worlds. They once. had
1: everything. They had <laughs> voice actors, loads of cosplay, um, just a little bit of... So
0: many announcements that would have made Worlds feel much more... Much more exciting. Yeah, we got...
1: The reason... What what do you mean is we went to Japan last, like, August for Yu-Gi-Oh! Worlds, which ended up being very rudimentary kind of Yu-Gi-Oh!
0: It was pretty much just a tournament. And even for the viewers, I mean, they got just a tournament.
1: Well, anywho. uh, The next thing that was also revealed was that Konami is developing uh, what seems like a VR experience around Yu-Gi-Oh! We don't know that it's necessarily a game, although it did work with um, Oculus...
0: Quest, something that I thought, what was, Meta Quest? It was yeah, the, with the Meta Quest. Well, what I thought was interesting is said uh, like Dual Links presents or something along those lines. Yeah, and but it wasn't the Dual Links engine. Clearly, from like the shots I saw.
1: So we, so just to quickly summarize what we saw, um, it's again, it's like. Mostly in screenshots. Yeah. I don't know that there's like a direct video. I think there was like a promotion, a short promotional video. I, I haven't seen somewhere. the video, but you can see monsters like Blue Eyes and Dark Magician Girl, Pet in the Dark Clown, but also even some newer cards like the, the AI guy from Vrains. I forget his I? name. I just I, I just I from Vrains, um, and even like some card locations like uh, Necro Valley was oh, one sick. of the places that was shown. And, yeah, it's just it, you put on the VR headset, and I guess you kind of get to, like, duel and, like, play against these monsters or whatever and kind of live this experience. That'd be sick. And, yeah, I did say something about Duel Links. because yeah, I don't think it, like, that it's...
0: Duel Links presents... I, if I had to guess, the Duel Links team in J- in Japan were the ones working on this project. Not this, I don't think this has much to do with Duel Links itself. Yeah.
1: Yeah, something that I did see about that is that these, I believe a lot of these models are from Cross Duel. They, oh. they, the visual style closely resembled Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel, hmm. which is, you know, the now defunct mobile game. What a shame. Um, Pull one out. But when it was around, I remember it had higher quality models than we'd seen in Yu-Gi-Oh! Hmm. up to then. So I think that they're probably putting some of these assets to use. And I think it looks great. I really do. I saw um, C-Reacts and Rhyme Style. They were at this event, and I saw their tweets about like they like, weren't
0: memes. at Worlds, but they were here. Why we? They actually I wish we could have traded. You know,
1: we got the short end of this. <laughs> I wish we could have traded. Um, yeah, I think Konami had flown them out for that. I, yeah, I mean, I think this looked really awesome. It certainly channels that like dark side of dimensions look, where yeah. like Kaiba and his you know the the blue hologram dark, like cards appear in your hand like, and
0: the almost immaculate, like, shading and line art in Dark Side Dimensions. It really is, like, peak Yu-Gi-Oh look. Yes. That yeah, definitely. Is excellent.
1: Um, and I think that also, like, just, there's a lot of excitement in the idea of, like, Yu-Gi-Oh VR, specifically. Oh, yeah. Like, I think mean, everybody's always been, like, asking for holograms and, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, are we gonna get, you know.
0: I mean, this is all, because this is all ground Yu-Gi-Oh, the franchise has tread before. Mm-hmm. The uh, Kaiba had his whole virtual world, yeah. He made a whole annoying arc
1: in VR. Pegasus was trying to get the virtual technology. There's big five arcs, uh,
0: Arc uh, was not Arc 5. Zexel Zexel had the dual gaze, which is like augmented reality type dueling. And Brains,
1: it's literally in just all VR in the Brains, (laughs) yeah. And so that's the thing, right? Like, it feels like there it's a it's an aesthetic that Yu-Gi-Oh! has more and more so flirted with, mm-hmm. and so this could be, like, a huge thing. Now, again, this is just a it was a, like tech a tech demo. demo. There's not really, like, confirmation about whether or not this will be, like, a full
0: game. No promises. Or,
1: like, some sort of a game. Maybe if, even if not a game, like an app experience thing. I don't know. But I do think it's kind of exciting because, A, you know, yu gi Oh's done that. and But also, B, like, VR in general in the world right now is, like, it's picking up a little bit. Like, I don't know if you know, Apple just released their Apple Vision Pro headset. And mm. it's this, like, $3,500 headset that obviously the average person cannot buy. However, it's exciting because, you know, when Apple gets into a space, that tends to help mainstream that space.
0: I mean, they wouldn't get into it unless they knew they could turn a profit.
1: Yeah, so they probably see some potential in it. And so now that, like, they've done it, it means there might be a little bit more development for VR, a right. little bit more mainstream acceptance for VR. So, I soon,
0: people playing Honkai Star Rail with the Apple Vision Pro.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow. I was also somebody playing Super Smash Bros. Melee on there. <laughs> Apparently, you're able to like you can like map out when you can just have windows and like place them in front mm-hmm. of you and just like kind of like
0: oh I'm playing this on here and I'm like looking around you. Because know. even because you know I've been in I've been in the VR space for a while now and you know I've had I had the Oculus Quest, i had the Oculus, I had the Oculus Rift, at the Meta, the Meta Quest and the Meta Quest Two, and something that they've always been lacking, in my opinion, is that same multitask functionality. Mm-hmm. the i i thought it was cool with a little bit i saw about the uh, apple vision uh, apple vision pro right that's, that's the yeah apple the vision little bit pro. i've seen about it uh it's actually pretty solid it's a pretty solid vr experience
1: yeah so i would love to see wherever this goes mm-hmm. like honestly I, I think that this is huge um
0: but they did make uh one game announcement did they yes uh the Oh early days game collection announced for switch and pc so, it'll have ports of, and I think these are all, like, OCG names, but, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. Duel Monsters 4, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters 6, Expert 2, among other titles. So, I believe that this is a collection of retro Yu-Gi-Oh! games from the Game Boy and Game Boy Color days. So, I think we can expect Forbidden Memories to be on there.
1: Yeah, well, so basically, actually, those early days collections games, or the, blah, 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 blah. those games that are called, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist 1 and Duelist yeah. 2 and all that stuff, are games that eventually came stateside and stuff under different names. names. Okay, that's what I thought. So um, I believe, I'm trying to find a list so I don't like just literally speak misinformation into the world. But um, I believe, let's see if I can find it. I just don't want to lie. People in chat, if you know, like feel free. Yeah,
0: which Dual Monsters game... It has what what their Western equivalent was. Yu-Gi-Oh!
1: Duel Monsters 4, Battle of Great Duelists. That was on Game Boy Color. And Duel Monsters 6, Experts 2. Additional titles might be announced at a later date... Uh, well, I don't want to say for sure, but I know these are some different games that um, are all going to be on Nintendo Switch and Steam. Yes, so and it
0: has already been confirmed that we are also getting this collection in the West, which makes sense because it's on Steam, and I don't even know if Steam has like a region locking system. So yeah, we I get mean,
1: historically there have been some games though that just don't come like you know those these Japanese only releases. I'm mm-hmm. glad this is going to be a worldwide release because I do think a lot of people want that.
0: I I sure do.
1: So. Uh, that'll be really cool. I mean, I think it's just nice to have new Yu-Gi-Oh! video games. I would have mm-hmm. also liked to have seen... I don't think it'll probably be in this collection, but it would be really neat to see maybe... What is the PS2 one?
0: The P- what? Those Duel are the roses? roses. Oh, I don't know if that... Yeah, be I don't either. think
1: it'll be on this, but I would love to see that get like remastered mm-hmm. maybe and kind of released in the modern I guess
0: age. Since it's going to be on... Um Switch, that means any game that was on like a Nintendo like handheld or maybe even like like GameCube, maybe will be in there.
1: Yeah, that could be like a second one if the first one does kinda well. Yeah. I think so. you could see I could see with this with these Yu Gi Oh video games, a lot of um people doing like first time playthroughs of these old classics. Mm-hmm. Um you know, for like streams, reaction vids, that sort of thing, like kind of let's plays. Um so
0: you know. I wanna I wanna challenge Jesse Cotton to a match of in Forbidden Memories. Yeah, <laughs> the winner has the Yu-Gi-Oh! winner game. The winner becomes the best at Yu-Gi-Oh!.
1: Yeah. The entire title's on the line. Yep. The oh, in Forbidden
0: thing. Memories, this RNG nonsense game.
1: Yeah, I, I've been meaning to uh say we should play Forbidden Memories, I think. Like <laughs> a channel video. <laughs> Dude,
0: people apparently
1: really love Forbidden Memories. Indeed. I don't know if you knew but how do you know about this rabbit hole? I mean, I know know it's a game. Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories, sorry to, like, tangent real quick here. Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories is actually, like, a huge, just, game in the, like, speedrunning community. Because it's, like, full of RNG nonsense and, like, kind of exploits and stuff. And it's really hard. Like, it's just a very difficult game. The systems that work do not at all align with, like, how regular Yu-Gi-Oh! is played. Apparently you have to, like, fuse monsters and you can't always know what Monsters fuse into each other. It's a
0: very frustrating game,
1: and like all that stuff, and like there's just like a huge audience for it. Like people yeah. love watching. Just I'm video, surprised. Forbidden me- Memories game because
0: Forbidden Memories made me want to throw the cartridge. I remember someone gave me a copy, or I stole it. I'm not sure how I got it. You stole it. it. I don't know how I got oh, okay. it. Okay. But as a kid, I got a copy of Forbidden Memories secondhand, we'll say, and, and I remember I got stuck on a CPU where. I couldn't figure all oh, his his monsters were all bigger than mine, and I kept fusing, and the results were always random, and I couldn't I couldn't yeah. beat it, and I got I, got I think so the frustrated. meta of it is
1: that like it's twin headed thunder dragon or something is like the best fusion monster or one of those like thunder what a dragon horrible
0: things. best fusion monster. Oh, yeah, I saw some
1: video where it was just like, why like forbidden memories the hardest thing ever. But anyway, I don't think um, some of the newer stuff will be in this collection, but I would I would be surprised if like maybe. They, Forbidden Memories on there because Forbidden Forbidden Memories and Dark Duel stories have like a connected story, I believe. Oh, okay. Like the story actually, they do. do. Yeah, Yeah. and I think, yeah. So, like some of those early games all had like a through line. It's just not really known because they got all these weird. uh, Yeah,
0: because what? That's the. Those are the games where they introduce like Simon, the video game character. Yeah. yeah. And that's important because that actually leads us into some of the TCG news that was announced during the Tokyo Dome event.
1: Yeah, well, actually, you know what? Just let me finish this video game news with the Duel Links announcement. Oh, okay. Because that's cool. actually a really... That, there's Duel Links and a, a quick Master Duel thing, and then we'll get to TCG. All right. Just keeping it all Tokyo Dome real quick, um, or Tokyo Dome game-adjacent stuff. Duel uh-huh. Links is getting... Um, what is the the summon type called?
0: It's called Maximum Summon. Yeah, Duel Links is getting
1: master ma- Maximum Summon. Maximum. Maximum Summon. What is that? That's so, a rush duel thing. I yeah, mean, it's I a
0: know. rush duel thing. Uh, it's the concept of you know, we have our three. It's, it's you know like speed duels. You only have three monster zones. Well, in rush duels, you can have what's called like a maximum summon, where it's it's one monster, but it's made up of three parts. You're not fusing them. You summon each part to a different zone, mm-hmm. and oftentimes the cards they come together to make a larger artwork, and then they're treated as one monster. And But what they have all of the monster's effects. So, you kind of blow your opponent out is the idea at that point. Because, um... Is it I mean, sort of like a high-risk thing? It, it, it's a high-risk thing because typically the parts of your maximum summon are bricks or fairly useless on their own. Yeah, But when you make one monster that has three different effects with high stats, suddenly now your opponent has a hard time interacting with you. Your opponent has a hard time dealing with that threat. So maximum summons are a great way to just blow your opponent out. I imagine it's going to look amazing in Duel because every maximum summon is going to get an animation, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, so that's just coming on February 28th.
0: Yeah, so that's actually 28th. this month. But even more interesting than us just getting maximum summons because they've they pretty much announced the first two maximum summons, which were the, also the first two in Rush Duels. So they're not too interesting. They're not. Wait, hey, what are great they? Of, I don't remember their names. They oh, have okay. weird Japanese. I know those like a blue eyes. This or- one is a combination of like super robots, and another one is a like is a three headed dragon thing. They're okay, but more interesting is they also announced that every player will get one copy of each of each of the pieces of the Harpy Lady Sisters Maximum Summon. Okay. So yeah. you actually get that for free is my understanding. That means you get the Harpy Lady left, middle, and right. That means that more than likely we're getting the Harpy Lady strategy and Rush Duels, which is very interesting because... Uh, they only came to Rush Duels in Japan very recently. I was in Japan when like the Harpy stuff was coming out, so that wasn't long ago, and we're getting it now in Rush du- in Rush Duel Links, yeah. So, Rush
1: Duel Links.
0: This, like we've seen with other things with the Master Duel and with Duel Links, they're kind of breaking their formulas a bit to try and uh, you know just to entertain us some more.
1: Yeah. A quick thing on Master Duel too. Um, there's more actual Master Duel news here in a bit, but this is some of the things. One of the things that was announced at the Tokyo Dome is uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel AI project. So um, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Like Master Duel, which is set to celebrate its second anniversary, is the def- blah, 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 blah. definitive edition of the Yu-Gi-Oh! competitive card game on all platforms. I think some people would take issue with that description. That's but true. Either way, um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel X AI Project is a project to deliver new ways to enjoy duels by building a system that allows AI to be installed in the game, mm-hmm. enabling duels to be played with the AI created by external programs. That's an interesting way of wording that. I feel like Konami wouldn't want you using anything that's, like, not... Their own, the, it's probably their own external AI thing.
0: And then, I don't think you can put AI in the game. I think this is just
1: a feature they're working on. And they're trying to make it sound kind of like, like, like fancy and, like, futuristic. If, but I feel like they wouldn't, like, let you install
0: any program. I think Konami, like, the MasterDuel devs will use AI. And then that will <laughs> They'll give you the feature. <laughs> like, yeah, a up. up Some type of script or program because I don't know if you can run an AI through just like a video game. I mean, you probably can. Well,
1: either way, for us, worth, Mastro is a live service game. So I guess running AI alongside it might not be as difficult. Either way, here's what they say. Um, It grows and learns through continuous dueling. During the event, attendees saw the thinking processes of the AI visualized such as selection patterns with AI's actions, quantifying win rates depending on how duels develop, and predicting which cards will be played. And that actually is, that I think explains why they've collected as much data as they have in Master Duel, at least one Mm -hmm. of the applications of that data. Because when you look at the screenshots, it basically shows like percent chances of cards being played next, or percent chances of like if the AI ash blossoms this starter card that you play it has an 88% chance of beating you. So it knows now that, like, this is the card to Ash Blossom. Um. And so it's, like, kind of a real evolution of, like, the dueling um, kind of AI that maybe old Yu-Gi-Oh! games would have had where they'd be, like, just very rudimentary. It's, like, maybe they'll ask your search effect. Maybe they won't. Like, it, it wouldn't know.
0: This kind of reminds me of... Uh, have, I don't know if you've ever played, like, a, the street, a street Fighter game, like, Street Fighter Six. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the higher CPU difficulties, they don't they they're not they are not they are not scripted. They um they have perfect data and instantaneous reactions. So the moment you press a button, the computer automatically reads your frame data and yeah. it takes the appropriate action.
1: See, a lot of people feel that that's not a good kind of AI because mm-hmm. that's like kind of the fake difficulty thing, where it's simply perfect. Right. and it doesn't actually emulate really what a playing a person would be like, like, yeah, it'd be very good, but if they literally always just pick sort of the right answer in a response time window that is unrealistic, right. then it's no longer really a good experience. I mean, some people might see that as good because, it's like, oh, it's really hard to beat the CPU. But I think this could be cool because it seems like it's dynamic in, to some degree, like it's going to kind of be reacting to you but also going off of just general, like, Bets that it has to put on like this is a worthwhile card to stop versus like this isn't. So mm-hmm. maybe there could be baits involved. Could you like bait out the AI by using a what you think is a card that has a lower chance of being ashed and seeing curious. if it ashes that or like a higher, you know?
0: I am curious as how deep the uh, AI's thought process goes into how it makes those decisions because is it also making kind of hard calls about what's in a person's deck. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like when you when if you play high level Yu-Gi-Oh, you know you're clocking uh, each and every card your opponent plays, and especially like tech cards or cards they side in. If they've played it once, you're wondering, okay, how many more do they have in their deck? That influences your decision-making, and I wonder if the AI is doing uh, the same thing. Yeah. See, I imagine it would
1: probably know that, yeah, which I that think would, might make it feel a little unfair,
0: but... It might not know that, which would make it even more interesting. That True. It's, now, it's making it's betting, like, in an actual Yu-Gi-Oh! match at table, at table two, it's actually betting that you only have two copies of this, like of this uh, hand trap. And so now it feels like if I play this card, it's more than likely going to succeed. Like that could be really interesting. Also difficult. I don't know. I don't know how, how you would actually make that. Look, I'm not a software engineer or a programmer. A coder or any of that.
1: Yeah. Um, so Cool though. Just AI I think yeah. in, in in a game like this. Could be fun. There's not actually there's no confirmation of whether or not the feature will actually appear in Master Duel yet. Right. We don't know that that's going to happen. Like with many of the things shown at the Tokyo Dome, a lot of this is more proof of concept.
0: A lot of this is the are the things Kaiba worked on when Atem disappeared.
1: Yeah, it feels like Kaiba just took over <laughs> took over the Yu Gi Oh card game in real life now.
0: Because now I think about it, the Master Duel AI—that's what he was running to duel against the Pharaoh over and over again.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the the Master Duel uh, AI—he's working on that. Um, he developed Master Duel. I honestly believe it, Kaiba. I mean, because you know, like when they made Cross Duel, like it basically was implied that he was kind of like
0: it did. Yeah, he like
1: made it or whatever.
0: I mean, he take he takes his card games very seriously.
1: We also got some card announcements. I think that was what you were getting at. Yes. Because okay.
0: we mentioned Simon from the uh, that old Yu-Gi-Oh! storyline. And it seems that the new Millennium archetype yeah. are references to the cards he played.
1: Yeah, those are going to be coming in the, the set. Um, what is it? it Infinite Forbidden. In, yeah, Infinite Forbidden. It's basically an Exodia like archetype, right?
0: Yeah, but it's kind of more in the vein of like Yu-Gi's... Um, uh, what's it called? Of light,
1: the sarcophagus of sarcophagus.
0: Light. It's, it's it's one of those types of strategies where you you're playing these Millennium monsters and they play around this fusion spell like cross something. Mm-hmm. The fusion spell that helps you make your Exodia, but it's also the resource that all your other Millennium monsters need to search or by revealing it, they get their effects. They play themselves in the spell and trap zone. I have no idea why. But uh, yeah, it's one of those types of like mid-rangey strategies that it, uh, attempts to make an, a really annoying Exodia.
1: Yeah, I saw the the new Exodia monster is like a fusion. I thought that was very cool. Um, I'm actually looking it up right now because I had only glimpsed its effect and like I didn't really read it. And if I
0: remember correctly, it has a negate and it gains attack for each piece in the grave, something like that. Yeah, something like that. That sounds cuz that's like question mark stats and um it doesn't seem to work with the Exodia archetype of Eld. Maybe maybe it actually maybe those cards can still work with it, but the Millennium stuff seems to all work within themselves.
1: Yeah, Millennium Cross. That's
0: Millennium that. Cross, that's it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at all these cards. Um there's a lot Man, yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, I guess we got what we expected, which was announcements of Infinite um, Forbidden, Forbidden at at the uh, live stream of like Tokyo Dome. So very cool. I was also going to say there is we got that you know that Soul Exchange card, with like the blue eyes on it or whatever.
0: Oh, did they reveal its effect?
1: Yeah, they revealed the effect. It's spell card Soul Exchange, and so this is based off of um. Kaiba using Soul Exchange to summon Blue Eyes. It's a normal spell that says immediately after this effect resolves, tribute summon one monster. And if you do, it cannot be tributed this turn. And when you do, you can tribute a monster or monsters your opponent controls, even though you do not control them. However, the second effect is, if this card is sent from the field of the graveyard, meaning it will happen immediately afterwards, activate this effect. Your opponent can apply this card's first effect. Hmm. So basically, you get to do a tribute summon, and you can use your opponent's monsters. But then right after you do, they get to do a tribute summon, and they can use your monsters. However, they cannot use it. the monster that
0: you just summoned because uh, it is protected. So you have to do it where you only have one monster on board.
1: Yeah, that would be the ideal thing, is that okay. you tribute, like, two or three of theirs. I guess it would have to be two of theirs, because nothing that would take three normally. That's very specific. Um yeah, so you would basically try to tribute two of their cards, summon out your Blue Eyes or Blue Eyes-esque monster, and then they get the opportunity to use it back, but they can't because you don't have a monster that they can
0: tribute. Hmm. Pretty cool card. Um, it does feel very specific, kind of hard to use. Very anime. Because, I mean... Anime. Yeah, because you're really asking for a lot to go correct, go right here. Your opponent has to have like a monster you can tribute, or at least enough monsters you can tribute. You have to tribute it in such a way where you don't have anything else on your board. Like, There's not a lot of decks that can really make that happen.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I, mean, I think it's just something that's almost more of an anime homage than even mm. really a usable card. Because um, I think that most people would still prefer something like the Monarch Stormforth, where it's like a, it's a quick play spell,
0: much simpler. It does not help your phone at, at all. Simpler
1: to use. Um, however, you know, if you want to play a Kaiba deck, maybe you could get, get those bricky blue eyes weapons. out of your hand. Just get them out because <laughs> you got to run blue eyes in the blue eyes deck, so may as well. Um, anywho. We also got, and this is just a quick thing, we got some reference art for um, Low Guardian or the Skull Guardian Protector of the Voiceless Voice. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, this was just on social media. I don't know if, well, if I can't zoom in on it any more than this, but. Ooh. Yeah, so just some, some reference art, just some stuff that they like to put out on social kinda media. Looks kind of mecca. Some notes on its design. Um, it says, like, about half of each blade is wearing the clothes from Saravis. And taking the design of Skull as the base, components from Sephira and Seravis were also introduced. Um, The design of Sephira, Sephira's wings and ornaments were turned to an equipment frame, and its characteristic blades have been updated. So just some quick little tidbits that they uh, revealed from the OCG. I
0: do like those little concept arts. Yeah, it's nice that we at least
1: get that. Now, uh, Master Duel news? A lot going on with this? There is quite a bit. So, I woke up pretty much to this stuff today, but basically, um, the second anniversary update is now, like, kind of happened and started. Yep. There's a new dual pass where you can get gems and UR points and all that stuff, and at level 50, you'll be able to get a Sinful Spoils of Subversion Snake Eye icon, so that'll be really cool, and it's relevant because um, the Snake Eye archetype got added to Master Duel. Even Poplar...
0: That's so strange. Yeah,
1: even Snake Eye Poplar got added in today. And that's really crazy, because, I mean, like, Phantom Nightmare, which is releasing Just... this week, basically. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Officially, I mean, at least for us, it releases today, right?
1: Yeah, it's so, Wednesday when we're recording this. So, crazy. like, at OTS stores, you can go and, like, buy that stuff.
0: It, it's, it clearly shows Mastool does not care about their scheduling at all. They'll say, we'll release whatever we want. Y'all want it? We'll do it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, really cool. There's also, like, a mint green icon you can get. You can get a Snake Eye, Snake Eyes Flamberg Dragon Wallpaper.
0: I like Flamberg.
1: At level 75, you can get a Noble Arms Caliburn Mate. So, just a sword inside of a rock.
0: Sword in a rock.
1: (laughs) So, that's kind of cool. Now, there's also a new campaign that they're doing, the Rookie and Returner Mutual mutual Follower Campaign. Mm-hmm. So by sharing your campaign code um, with players and achieving certain milestones, both players will get the following rewards. If one person uses your code, you'll get one Sword of Souls structure deck. Okay. Um, if two people use your code, you'll get a copy of Sword Soul, Sinister Sovereign, Kixing, Long Yuan, the Abyss Dragon Sword Soul, Sword Soul Strife, and Sword Soul Punishment. If three people use your code, you'll get 100 gems. If four people use your code, you'll get a copy of Tenyi Spirit, Adara, Shatana, Mapura, Nahada, Vishuddha, and Monk of the Tenyi. And if five people use your code, you get 50 gems. Now then, if those players reach tier four of bronze rank, in other words, they have to play a little bit of ranked, Right, which isn't um, that much. Then you get 100 gems, some sword soul, iris sword soul sleeves. Copy of Shaman of the Tenyi, Berserk of the Tenyi, Flawless Protection of the Tenyi, Vessel of the Dragon Cycle, Fits of the Unrivaled Tenyi, mm-hmm. some free cards. Um, before people do it, you get three Legacy Pack tickets with one minimum SR guaranteed. And if five players do it, you get Flawless Perfection of the Tenyi wallpaper. So, very cool. Um, I guess I will, if you guys want to use our codes, I'll put them up on like the stream. Um if you oh yeah, share I guess yours. we can just share our codes. With yeah, them. we can like, share hey your guys, codes. help us out. Yeah, so but people I guess on you're Twitter gonna right, have yeah. to be like,
0: you oh. have to be new because I'm new. Technically, I could use your code,
1: but you still like, I think already have Master Duel installed, or do you have? I to- have
0: Master Duel, but oh, I'm still at like beginner rank.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't play. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Alec is a links guy. I um, I'll, I'll put I'll put up like my code or whatever. On I'm the at screen. beginner too. If you guys want to use it, I guess it'll help us all out. I saw some people sharing them on Twitter and stuff. They also, um, have updated a couple of secret packs, like the Darkest Magics secret pack that had Dark Magician cards. Now got, um, Dark Magician, the Knight of Dragon Magic in UR, and Chronicle Sorceress as a rare. Mm. Pretty cool. Um, the Azur and Ivory got a few new, like, um, Blue Eyes cards. Um, Harpy's Pet Dragon Fearsome Fire Blast was added into a, a secret pack, so that got released. Um, some Crystal Beast cards got released, um... TGs, I believe these are the ones from, from...
0: Oh, yeah, the new stuff.
1: Yeah, the new stuff from Age of Overlord, the TG cards.
0: I do like that they update the secret packs as we get legacy support for these uh, older archetypes. That's that's kind of cool. Good job, Macedo.
1: Sword of the Seventh one got some new, like, Barion's Chaos Draw, Seventh Ascension, a couple of cards like that. Um, Odd Eye's Rebellion, Xyz Dragon, and Odd Eye's Rebellion, Dragon Overlord got mm-hmm. added in. Um, a few new Black Lister Soldier cards, Destiny Heroes, other things like that. There's a login bonus going on right now for the second anniversary. So um, I
0: logged in today.
1: If you log in for seven straight days, you can get some tickets and gems. I can't
0: make that promise.
1: And um, there's, of course, a UR card bundle. So you'll get 30 Master Packs, an alternate art Royal Finish Blue Eyes White Dragon. It's the starter deck art, the one you probably originally saw in the anime. Um, a Blue Eyes Mausoleum Dual Field, which looks really cool. Blue eyes it actually does look cool. Yeah, blue eyes sleeves. Um, God, I can't stand blue eyes. A deck box that's called the President's Briefcase. I don't no, know what that that's, could that's mean. That's kind of cool. Um, a blue eyes white dragon icon, a deluxe frame, and a wallpaper. So you just get blue eyes out.
0: It's everything blue eyes.
1: It even has its own animation, which that is the only reason I will play that card is to see that original blue eyes summoning animation. I, I want to see how that looks in game. But um, otherwise, I'm not like too big of a blue eyes deck a mm. fan or anything. Um, the Blue Eyes White Dragon, there's, oh, there's a Blue Eyes Chaos Max Dragon mate that they also added in.
0: I still like the mates to be like cute little mascotty things. I don't care for highly detailed boss monster type mates. I mean, they're, they're cool too. I just, I just personally like the little ones.
1: Yeah, so a lot of stuff like Master Doll's really, really, you know, going in. on It's just second anniversary. You second gotta anniversary. give it to them. Log in, get your stuff, you know, Play you, your Master use our Duel. Codes. Yeah, use a code if I remember to put it on, on screen. Um, yeah, so pretty cool. I, I think, like, a few takeaways from this. Um, it seems like they are investing more, a little bit more, into Master Duel mm-hmm. in terms of, like, getting, I think, like, this new and returning players campaign or whatever I think is a really cool way of, like, trying to really like, get some new blood into the game, right? Like, right. hey, play your Master Duel. Like, it reminds me a little bit of, like, that shareholder drama from last year where, like, they're kind of trying to, like, get people to, like, play Master Duel and maybe also be able to transition to the TCG, perhaps, mm-hmm. or, you know, the physical card game. I think that this, putting, like, Snake Eye in this early could be, like, a small step towards that. Hey, yeah. me out. Cause yeah.
0: I, I, wanna, I like playing pure Snake Eye, like, physically, so I'll do it in Master Duel, too. Yeah, so, like, it's now, cheaper. if
1: you if you play that, you can, um... Yeah. You could play that in the TCG as well. Like It would feel almost one-to-one. Um, even though I think in Master Duel right now, we don't have things like Bonfire oh, well. um, and stuff like that. But for players who just wanted to play the pure thing...
0: Because I think Bonfire isn't as necessary in a pure Snake Eye deck. I think if you're running the engine, it's more necessary.
1: Yeah. So, um, cool stuff. A lot of Master Duel. I'm going to have to log in and... Um, get some dueling especially because i'll be in that master duel invitational next hey. week so i'm gonna have to get my practice in i don't know if they've announced my match yet so i won't talk about it on here they i don't
0: think they've announced what, like, what i'm doing too so i can't talk about it
1: yeah they just announced that we are in it but yeah, we, um we in it but they are uh, i'm not so sure if they've announced the matchups so in fact i'm going to double check right now just to see so that way i can talk about it if so by the time you guys watch it i mean likely have, now, um, last
0: time they did update on the Thursday of upload, which I thought was funny.
1: Yeah, that's true. Actually,
0: um, uh, Master Duel. I think they only showed the captain matchups. Oh, okay. They
1: showed they showed two new matchups just 26 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Checking. We've been here Crip for 26 versus minutes. versus Chilled Chaos will be um, another match that is happening. So. Yeah, these are two YouTubers. They don't typically, I think, play Yu Gi Oh, so a lot of people may not know who they are. Oh, okay, I was like, I was I, like who I'm a little team? familiar with um with Chilled Chaos. I think Crip does Hearthstone, but like, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Somebody in chat maybe will. Um, but yeah, they're going to be playing each other, and then of course we saw that Jesse Cotton and Joshua Schmidt will be playing each other as team captains. So very cool. A little
0: bit of um, North America versus Europe action
1: yeah those are the two people that everybody wants <laughs> i saw an unkind comment and response to one oh of these no. posts but um uh you know it's a, one of these matchups that um <laughs> a lot of people want to see okay anyway so that's yeah that's um that's gonna be happening
0: that's happening
1: yeah it's gonna be happening
0: all right it's happening yeah
1: Cool. There will be more information, I'm sure, in the coming days about this event. I think Konami's got a lot in store for you guys to really mm-hmm. be excited about. Um, hopefully we'll get some neat announcements as well, like the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Maybe some cool TCG bits. Perhaps they'll showcase some new products. Or maybe, I don't know, some something. Come on, Konami, give us something. Okay. Anywho...
0: Uh, the slightest bit of Master, I mean, Duel Links news, not Master. We just talked about that. Slightest bit of Duel Links news. Um, yeah, we kind of walked right into a tier zero format. Did you? Okay, yeah. listen. I
1: heard about this because you did a video yesterday I, yeah, or I uploaded mentioned a video. It, yeah. Well, you, I don't know if you mentioned it in the video. A little bit. I think bit, you did. But like, kinda, I, I didn't like harp on it. Well, I like made a video that was like Duel Links is a better game than Master Duel, which is mm-hmm. something I want your explanation on. But first, you <laughs> can tell me about the. Uh, this tier zero format.
0: Yeah, it, it was kinda random. No one was no one was really expecting this. We kinda but we kinda like pranced straight into it. We got the uh we got we got new galaxy eyes cards and we had this event, this uh raid event where you unlock the duelist Mizar from Zexel and you know he's known for running the uh Tachyon Dragon thing. Proto Tachyon. The, the black dragon Oh, with, I thought that was cool kite. Gu- no, he well, he ran the F- photon galaxy. Oh, okay. look, I don't look, like, I didn't watch Zexo, so anyway, I'm a little okay, confused sorry. myself. Yeah, my, continue, but like <laughs> the it didn't seem like it was going to be a big deal until everyone realized that Mizar's skill uh, was not once per duel. It helped. It helped. Uh, what get. Safer it to your hand, but also searched out the uh, omni safer. negate. Yeah. Okay. But also, it searched the omni negate trap card to oh, your like hand. galaxy
1: or tachyon. Tra- I, don't, I don't know its name. I forget what it's called. It's this
0: yeah. black crystal looking thing. I know that negates your cards, it, yeah. and it can even activate in hand for some ungodly reason. Um, yeah, and it's it's extremely consistent. The deck plays basically just good stuff. Easy to summon level 8 dragons. And um, they they can easily set up two Xyz monsters on turn 1. And they'll have that counter trap in hand. The deck is versatile. It's lean so they can pack it in with a bunch of useful traps and hand traps. And uh, it's a really horrible time to play against. Right Now, I, I haven't been FTK'd by it. But people are telling me you can be FTK'd by it. So...
1: Yeah, I saw in the comments of that video, people were complaining that there is currently like a tier zero format in Duel Links. Um,
0: the deck is a nightmare. That sounds really
1: intense for, du- for like, like Duel Links a standards. I mean, have they ever had to like do an emergency ban list sort of thing in Duel Links they or something esque?
0: They've done, they have done it usually before like their like Kaiba Cup tournaments and whatnot. That is not seen to be happening in this case. I think we'll be doing the entire KCC grind uh, with. Full power tachyon, which does not sound like fun at all. Now, I've been playing zombies and not Shiranui, which have been pro- which have proven to be quite potent. Shiranui, I think, would be considered like one of the best decks if tachyon, tachyon went around just smacking people around. Yeah, they might have to like
1: hit that kind of stuff. It
0: would, it would help, honestly, because there's a, there's still quite a few uh, very good decks in Duel Links. But they can't handle the sheer versatility and consistency of the Tachyon deck because we still have Mayakashi, which is very strong. We have Shirinui, which is very strong. We have Live Twin, which actually isn't bad at all. There's actually, and I'm, I'm missing some decks, but there's actually there's a lot of really strong decks in Duel Links, but Tachyon just, just does not care.
1: Powers through it all. That's interesting. I didn't expect that to be like a top tier thing, but I suppose and, it makes some sense.
0: And because Mizar's skill is, it's like his own skill. There are a lot of people just using the Mizar character but running a different skill on him for a different deck because we now have the Archive skills in Duelings. So we have skills that are not locked into a character. You can put them on any character. So you select Mizar as your character, basically telling your opponent, hey, I'm playing Tachyon, Cry. And then you hit them with a completely different strategy. Yeah. and so Because it can make your opponent make some less than optimal plays interesting
1: i okay yeah i didn't know i mean i don't play too much dueling so i'm never in the loop about like what the best decks are but it's tech on transmigration that's the name of the card isn't it
0: probably i okay. don't read it i just yeah I,
1: well i remember i played the photon deck and i oh. think that was what the card was it's so wild to me that like they are doing that thing with these skills where like stuff just comes to your hand and all that like at the beginning things of just fly and...
0: to your hand fly to your grave they set things up yeah. I would complain, but I use the odd eye skill aggressively to make my raging dragon. So,
1: yeah. Well, tell me a little bit more about what you mean by dueling being a better game than Master Duel. I oh, made a yeah, video about this on the that, channel that like yesterday. A, if you all want to see t- it,
0: that I made. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean you know. Yeah, I just I don't know. Uh, I don't think that it's like an
1: objectively wrong opinion or something.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime series, multiple of them, in fact, and. One read but I don't play a lot of Master Duel, and the reason why is because Master Duel to me is just a another version of the TCG, and so that just means that it has all the problems of the TCG. Just is a little bit, e- it's just easier to get cards. While Duel Links, it's a completely different format, so I don't have to feel like I am a slave to the same. TCG metagame that I've been dealing with for years but also there's a stupid amount of anime references and I really enjoy those even from Yu-Gi-Oh series that I didn't watch I found myself in the Brains world, in the Zexal world a lot lately and I've really enjoyed all the anime references despite the fact that I didn't even watch all of either one of them or even enjoy one of them but I don't know, I find Duel Links very easy and fun to play it has, it does have its issues. It's a gotcha game.
1: Yeah, that, I hear it's very, very. Uh, yeah, some it, people say cruel with yeah, the microtransactions kind of. You pretty much demanding your money if
0: you want Duel links to be free to put, free to play. You have to aggressively grind it. You have to put in the hours. There's no way around it. But. Yeah. If you're like me and you've had an account for years and so you've been unlocking worlds and unlocking characters and not developing them, there's a lot of free currency that's just up for grabs. You just got to put, you put in some time and you can pull as many packs as you want. You can, you can build some cool stuff as, and you don't have to even touch PvP. Like it's a completely optional thing in Duel Links. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: I, um, the way I've always seen Duel Links is like. I think it is a better Yu-Gi-Oh game than Master Duel is, mm-hmm. and by Yu-Gi-Oh game, I, I mean like Yu-Gi-Oh the IP game, right. so um, there's like all the different kind of alternate game modes, the different dueling, the different like worlds and stuff, yeah. like I know there's like turbo dueling from like 5Ds, there's like inter, what's the entertainment dueling from Action Duel, Action Duel from Mark Five. yeah. Um, you know, things like that, that feel like they're really um, l- allowing you to explore the worlds of the anime.
0: Tag dueling is really fun, Yeah, there's too. tag Especially dueling. Especially in the Pendulum Arc 5 one, that was fun.
1: Yeah, I um, I think that with those, there's obviously a lot to explore. Um, and I think that there's, like, it, it keeps it fresh. Mm-hmm. There's there's voice acting and stuff like that, which...
0: I love the paired characters, like Yuma and Astral and, uh, what's it, I and Yasaku, or Playmaker... Where both characters are talking. Usually they have their own little like conversations and quibbles during the match, which is fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that they transform together and stuff.
0: Yeah, they do the Zexomorph where they uh, they finally see eye to eye. Yeah,
1: which I think is like a... It, so if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh, like the IP fan, I think Duel Links is a, probably a better game. It feels more true to mm-hmm. the source material and stuff. Whereas meanwhile, Master Duel does not really reference the anime at all. It's just kind of like, play the cards. Play the and
0: cards, you know. If you enjoy the TCG, you'll enjoy Master Duel.
1: Probably. Depends on how much you like Maxi. But yeah, it depends on how you feel about Maxi. <laughs> but but um, I do think, like, Master Duel doesn't feel like as much of a, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! anime game. It's just more of a Yu-Gi-Oh! card game. And, and but
0: it, my biggest strike against Master Duel, because I could leave, I could let, leave all that alone about not having the anime. My issue with Master Duel is it does not have anything to do outside of pvp you have the yeah. gates but once you clear the gates that's it
1: yeah master duel it's got a severe i don't say like severe well, i mean you, yeah you ladder yeah and if you aren't laddering then i guess you can play in whatever the current event is but like the fact that there aren't really like alternate fun different game modes could be seen as a weakness that like Duel links covers way 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 better um i know some people bring up the monetization thing where like Duel links seems like it from what i've heard it asks a little bit more of your wallet
0: they, than
1: uh master duel does master yeah, duel,
0: that's true it's
1: crazy actually that people will sometimes call master duel like a money grab when in my opinion it is on the kinder end of like you know mobile like, games yeah. that have microtransactions. you really can just
0: master duel is play actually duel and quite be okay. kind but you have to be but like paul's perspective is quite different Paul's a pretty aggressive Master Duel player. When he's playing Master Duel, Yeah, he, I do play he, he, gets, he gets it out of Master Duel. And so Paul will get plenty of currency. And since he's more, he's one of those people that gets satisfied with his decks, he doesn't spend the currency as soon as he gets it. So when it comes time for him to build a new deck... You're saying him. Hey, like, I'm not around well, I'm talking to them to let them know. talking to me. Know. We're talking to each other. Okay, conversation well, I was letting with them us. know. Anyway. They're just listening in. When you play, they... Uh, Now, you'll have the currency, or it won't take you too much more effort to get there. But when I play...
1: Yeah, like, if you take, like, big breaks, or if you're not, like, a frequent player, it...
0: it, It's it's not even... Okay.
1: To even go a step further than that, it's not even a matter of, like, that you can't take breaks and stuff. It's more like, if you want the shiny new thing out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. then you're, like, in trouble. So it's like, Snake Eye just came out, and I know you want it. Yeah. But ask like, me
0: how many gems i had when i logged in
1: oh i don't want to know 100 yeah that's, so that's the thing like is if you play regularly you'll have enough gems to kind of like buy packs and kind of figure stuff out you'll be doing the dual pass you'll get the free material and stuff from that or not free but you know more or less free material from that but like if you if somebody just heard oh my god snake eyes and master duel and i want to like play it now and i've never played master duel before or whatever, haven't played in like months. Yeah, that might be a little bit tougher. So it's a matter of like, how much patience do you have? Or are you willing to commit to the like continual lifestyle of like kind of playing a good bit each week?
0: That you do have, you have to grind a little in Massadol. But if you do. The game is actually quite free to play friendly. It's very
1: sustainable. I think if it the, will reward you with sustainability. Because
0: I was surprised that the new cards that they just released were craftable. I assumed that they weren't going to be craftable to force you to have to grind for gems and open packs. To, but if you can craft them, that means you yeah. can do both, and you'll build. You can the do deck both, and you'll you usually get stuck quickly. quickly.
1: I think the people who complain about Duel being like just like this expensive cash grab are people who are. Um, I hesitate to use the word greedy. But I will say people who are maybe impatient. Yeah. Where, like, I want to build every top deck, all of them, as soon as they come out, like, all the time. And that's just not really feasible without maybe being willing to spend a little bit.
0: And it's crazy when I think about it. Mass Duel doesn't even charge you for the accessories. They're also... Everything's paid in gems. It's all gems. So if you can earn gems, you can have anything that's in the game. And you
1: can earn gems by just doing your dailies. Like... Log in every day, get X amount of Xyz summons or X amount of Mm -hmm. damage in, and, like, you'll just get gems. So, you know, I think Master Duel's pretty good in that regard, but I do see where, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh! player who likes, like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! the characters, the world, might not get as much out of um, Master Duel. It also comes down to do, you like, the 3D animations of Duel Links versus maybe the 2D kind of, like, animated, like, live 2D summon animations. Things like that are more subjective, though, so I can't really, like...
0: And for In the case of, um, like, Duel Links, those are almost always just relegated to, like, anime cards and whatnot.
1: Yeah, so I think that, honestly, both games are really quite good. The fact that they were both represented at the Tokyo Dome event, too, also lets me know that, like, hey, Konami still cares about both. Like, they're, they're still, you know, putting their attention to both and not just, you know, forsaking Duel Links for I Master I think that would be a
0: horrible mistake.
1: Yeah, because Duel Links has a lot to
0: offer, so... It's all we get. From, it's all. It's the, all the Yu-Gi-Oh anime we have now.
1: Yeah, basically. I mean, hey, you don't watch to go rush, man. You oh go, go rush?
0: No, I don't have cable.
1: I don't know how you watch it. Actually, I don't. I don't know, I don't know what, the, what the, what the means know. of it. You probably have Crunchyroll or something. No, no,
0: I never finished sevens. Yeah. So, anywho,
1: any other Yu-Gi-Oh news? I feel like we've like I feel like cut that, through most of it. That was a lot of stuff. Like. If oh, we missed okay. It, it wasn't important, I Update guess. on Phantom Nightmare. We went to our sneak peek last week. Oh yeah,
0: week. we did. We played one round.
1: Yeah, as, as we mentioned that we would, we went. Uh, I played in one round of the tournament, hoping to maybe be able to get the mat they were giving away. I did not get it. Nope. <laughs> so uh, I played uh, without a side deck same i kind of was just there just uh, to just get the experience it was nice though our locals has not had a sneak peek since phantom nightmare
0: no this is phantom not, Fan- not wait
1: what is that a set that sounds a lot like phantom nightmare it was in 2020 it had zeus in it what was it it had tri-brigade and zeus it was right there return of the duelist oh i don't remember anymore oh my god what is that set called i am so mad that i can't remember this
0: no look at me if you don't remember i don't remember
1: well, either way, <laughs> um, someone in chat, one of you will know yeah, the set that came after. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Um,
0: it actually brought out quite a few Yu-Gi-Oh players. It brought us out the woodwork because we, we usually don't attend too many of the uh our, our our local Yu-Gi-Oh locals. Well,
1: they don't have tournaments that much, so it's that part. They,
0: they can be a bit infrequent, and uh, the days can be uh, inconvenient. But uh, I mean, I, I saw just about every Phantom Rage. Phantom That's, yeah, Rage. I got it mix. Yeah,
1: Phantom Rage. So, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it brought it brought everyone out the woodwork. I saw it, pretty much, it felt like every Yu-Gi-Oh! player in our area was there. It, it almost felt like a reunion in a weird way.
1: Yeah, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to try to maybe build, like, the Voiceless Voice deck, mm-hmm. uh, see what that's about. And, uh, I know you're doing U-Bell.
0: Yeah, as far as, like, new decks I'm building, U-Bell. I, I want a bunch of the, uh, the, like, kind of smaller, less popular cards. I think they have a lot of fun text in this set.
1: yeah. So that looked pretty neat. Um a lot of people one of the conversations I kinda heard about that is just that like most of the cards are uh the good cards are ultra rare as opposed to mm-hmm. secret rare, which we kinda touched on last week. Um, I think that's kinda cool. It seems like it makes it a little easier to get the stuff you want if you're just opening packs. But some people feel that it maybe does not give the set as much high value stuff. Yeah, so the your secrets, secrets are won't not be very,
0: very desirable, I mean.
1: That's a question for chat. Uh, If you guys are listening on YouTube premiere, we might put up a poll. Do you think that, um, do you prefer like kind of the rarity distribution of this set, Phantom Nightmare, where you get more like good cards as ultras? Or do you prefer Age of Overlord, where more of the good cards are secrets and how each of those things affects the viability of getting certain pulls or the value that you might get out of a certain pack?
0: We saw someone pull uh, a quarter century Horus, uh, the Black Their Flame, Flame deity. deity, yeah, which I thought was sick. Turns out, uh, people don't want it that. Bad. I mean,
1: people aren't super into Horus; like they're like, into endo- they the like Horus the engine, engine, but the boss
0: but... monster is not necessary. I uh, see. I wanted to
1: build a pure Horus deck. I might give that a gotta, give that a crack as gotta well. Get you
0: some Imseti's, dog.
1: That's the problem. I don't want to get Imseti.
0: Do I have an SETI? I might have an SETI. I'll order some proxies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll order there some you proxies. That I'm not. Is that a... Proxy
1: gang. That's actually one thing that uh, I was going to mention too. Is that I think Master Duel has spoiled me in a weird way. Where like. I'm just used to like. If I want a card. I just craft it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like weird. When I sometimes. Will like. Hop back to. Kind of physical for a bit. And like. There's just. Staple cards or something. That I don't have. Right. Or like. Just some card. Where it's like. Oh this is like 70 bucks. And I'm just like. What? I can't just like. Craft it. I it can't just like kind of like spawn one in my hand.
0: It kind of reminds me of my dual links phantom need uh emotion that I get when I'm going through just like random Yu Gi Oh! bulk. I'll just see cars that I need in dual links, like, oh, I needed this, and try to put it to the side. Like, wait, wait. I only needed this in dual links. I don't need this in real life. Like, I saw DD Crow, and I was like, "Oh, I need this!" Like, no, I don't need a DD Crow. I need one in dual links. And having like seven real ones doesn't give me one digitally.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like I want to build the horror deck, but like am is like however much money. It's like I'm not buying that. It's, so I guess I gotta just be like a, a reprint waiter. Yeah. Just wait for however many months, years, in Until some it's cases, been power and it takes. Correct. Yeah, some power crept and then I can get
0: power it. they're banned.
1: Yeah, get my copy then. Um but maybe neither one. Maybe you can just wait and it's still decent when it gets reprinted. Not often the case, <laughs> but
0: you know. Oh
1: Paul. Anywho, um, I think that's all the Yu Gi Oh news.
0: It better be. We've been talking about Yu Gi Oh for like an hour.
1: Yeah, I feel like we've certainly we've covered a fair bit.
0: How so, dare we talk about Yu Gi Oh on this Yu Gi Oh podcast?
1: Yeah, I know. Nothing makes me sicker. <laughs>
0: you
1: know, um I actually I like talking about Yu-Gi-Oh because this has been an exciting week to talk about it.
0: Which means we're going to go into a down like a, a down period.
1: Oh yeah, I guess one last quick reminder. This is vaguely uh Yu-Gi-Oh related. We will be at TCG Con That's in, out
0: there in Houston
1: in Houston, Texas this weekend. I said Houston. Um, If you guys are going to be there, definitely uh, come through, say hi. I think you can still actually buy tickets for it, even as late as today. Yeah, we're rolling in deep. And use the code APS, and you'll get 20% off your ticket sales. We'll be there, as well as Chris, Trell, and Larry. You can come say hi, have some duels, have some trades, and everything else. Okay.
0: And guys, I just wanted to let you know, I'm having uh, some financial issues. I might just be trying to sell cards, so... uh so come. Yeah, come and just take all, in all, by, and all of Alex stuff. and Um,
1: oh, okay. A final really quick one I just remembered. This oh my reprints gosh. in the next OTS pack. <laughs> yeah, they have shown oh, that yeah. we're gonna be getting Ultimate Rare, um, Pirelli Sleepy Memory, mm-hmm. Chaos Angel, and Rock of the Vanquisher will all be in here. I think um they also have Harpy's Feather Duster and Sephira, Queen of Dragons, which I don't know if that means that there's only three ultimates like normal if there's like
0: five well i don't think that i mean i could see harpies getting an ulti but Sephira.
1: well that makes because voiceless voice
0: but i feel like that just need a reprint in general not yeah. necessarily an ulti i think
1: the first three of the ultis and everything else is just like super i strange. can see that i can see that so anyways this is a quick thing okay done with Yu Gi Oh.
0: all right other tcg news which i don't have too much of but i do have two what about you i've got a couple stories all right i'll start so, it's kind of crazy that I'm going to be talking about the Van Gogh Pikachu for like the third time on this podcast.
1: Oh lord, is there
0: more? Yeah, so, we heard about the, the Van Gogh Museum Pikachu that caused fights, riots, and even theft to the <laughs> point where three employees had to be uh, fired. Well, now the Pokemon company, they've apologized and they have announced that they will be reprinting that Pikachu. So all you people who paid hundreds of dollars for a copy, I'm sorry. But, yeah, um, but according to PokeBeach, a, a site that dedicated to the Pokemon TCG, the company has announced that the card is going to be put on sale again with the possible objective of deflating its value in the market. That's interesting that the Pokemon company would actually acknowledge a, the secondary market and purposefully try to bring its price down. Oh, so they're... They're reprinting it. Reprinting it, it. Okay. We don't know exactly how they're going to sell it, but... It seems the goal is to drop the value on that card, okay,
1: interesting. I mean, like it's weird that like you said this that they're like acknowledging kind of the secondary market problem
0: mm-hmm. Konami doesn't even know they they say it doesn't exist, like what secondary market
1: yeah, that's interesting um.
0: And you know, We talk about this like Pikachu with the hat as if it's an actual Van Gogh piece, but it's not. It's just made it's, in his style. Yeah, it's right. just kind of
1: stylistically <laughs> like that. Okay, I mean, hey, that's cool. I So here's something kind of interesting. What you got? There was IGN published a Star Wars Unlimited sort of early pre- game preview. So uh, check out IGN's preview of the new Star Wars trading card game. The headline is, <laughs> like the Death Star, Star Wars Unlimited has incredible power and a notable flaw. Mm. Any guesses what the notable flaw is? Anybody listening at home, what do you think it is?
0: Is it a small like? Is it a small exhaust port about the size of a womp rat? Paul, the upcoming no trading card references? game. Yeah, I don't know what he is. <laughs> The
1: upcoming trading card game, Star Wars Unlimited, is off to a promising start. If the two starter decks I tried out are any indication. Well, nice to know that some games have good Starter Deck products. Woo! If it has you step into the role of an iconic Star Wars character, battle it out on the ground and in space, and use all manner of weapons, vehicles, and allies to destroy the opponent's base and claim victory, Alec. Makes sense to me. Unlimited sets itself apart from the big three-card games, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, by constantly bouncing back and forth between each player, creating a fun rhythm that keeps you on your toes. But while the Force is strong with its gameplay... Its artwork doesn't exactly have a high midichlorian
0: count? Midichlorian.
1: Midichlorian count? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Paul doesn't know Star Wars. So uh, they have this like long article, and there's like some pictures of it in play. And I'm not going to lie. It looks, it looks neat. I'm just going to kind of skim through some high points. Um, it was clearly designed by people who are longtime TCG fans with numerous rules and mechanics that reduce common criticisms of other games in order to amp up the fun and strategy. For example... You start each match with two resources to spend rather than having to build up from nothing in games like Magic. Speaking of resources, any card can become the resource used to pay card costs rather than having dedicated resource cards such as lands or energies. Okay. So there's no chance of getting mana screwed or flooded. What a relief.
0: So it's, it's so that kind of reminds me a bit of uh, how in the One Piece card game they ramp up the Dawn system, that's the energy, mm-hmm. quite quickly so you never feel starved, but also... Any card can be your mana, like in Lorcana where most cards are inkable.
1: The biggest departure from your typical TCG is how both players effectively take their turns in the same round, called the action phase. We play Yu-Gi-Oh, we're used to this. Um, (laughs) Each player (laughs) takes one action at a time, back and forth, until both players pass. Not unlike Legends of Runeterra. Then, the regroup phase has both players draw two cards, put down another resource, and ready up their cards for another round of battle.
0: That's so interesting. So it's, it's a it's a literal shared turn. So you
1: take like one action at a time. Like yeah. I do something, you do something, I do something. We both
0: it. draw, then I go, then you go, then I go, then you go. Then Only then taking
1: it. one action at a time took a lot of getting used to, and my opponent, a magic veteran, often tried to play additional actions out of habit. It's nearly impossible to carry out a strict plan for your turn because your opponent's next action can and often will disrupt your line of play by destroying your units, bolstering your defenses, or using game-changing abilities. You're constantly forced to think on your toes and pivot to a new plan, based on the ever-changing board state.
0: Feels like a highly disruptive game.
1: There's no way to interrupt your opponent with a counter spell or trap card, so it all comes down to trying to outmaneuver them. In that sense, it's not unlike a game of chess, where one chess piece is moved at a time, slowly building an advantage until you can lock up the win. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, now, a last thing, um, or another thing, another unique aspect of Unlimited is the dual battlefield, which is split between ground and space. Characters and land vehicles are played on the ground, while X-Wings, TIE Fighters, and other spaceships are placed on the space side of the board. Units of one type can only attack other units in the same zone, so a ground unit can attack opposing ground units but not space units. That's actually pretty cool sounding. Makes sense. Um, however, a small number of cars can interact with the others, such as TIE Bomber hitting ground units with a bombing run. Matches have you constantly fighting a war on two fronts, and paying attention to both is key. If you leave one zone uncontested... Your opponent will be free to build a huge force and blast your base with reckless abandon. Pretty much every Star Wars movie has an exciting dogfight in space, along with an epic confrontation on land. And Unlimited does a great job indulging both fantasies.
0: It does kind of remind me of the Star Wars Battlefront series, where um, you know you fought you fought a battle on the ground, but then you could like fly up into space and attack their capital ships and whatnot. That was cool.
1: You also got leader cards that can um, influence the game. Um, so they say that usually the most exciting part is utilizing your leader card in various ways. An iconic Star Wars character that starts the game off the board and has the ability to use a minor power to influence the game, such as Luke Skywalker giving his allies shields or Darth Vader Dishing out a bit of damage.
0: So your leader is your commander, your deckmaster, your captain. Got it.
1: Yeah, well, so it, d- it has a passive ability throughout the whole game. And then mm. a new ability whenever it like comes onto the board. Mm. So once you have a certain number of resources, you can activate your leader and have them take the field. They don't have summoning sickness like regular cards. They can immediately start attacking and make use of powerful abilities that instantly change the tide of battle.
0: That's what the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deckmaster format needs. cards that have passive abilities while they're not... On board.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, when Darth Vader's play late in the match, it feels like Darth Vader's showing up. He has big stats and a strong ability that lets him decimate the opponent's board. And if you equip him with his signature red lightsaber, he gets unleash another instance of damage. Um, Luke is the less flashy of the two starter deck leaders, but his shields will absorb all damage from one attack, and you're able to continually regenerate them. So they can make your unit stubbornly difficult to get rid of.
0: Boo, he's defensive.
1: Yeah, so... Um Pretty much every card has spot-on flavor, with Obi-Wan granting a stat boost to another character after he's struck down, and the I Am Your Father event, forcing your opponent to make a tough choice that can completely change the course of the game. Um, Your decisions feel like they have a huge impact, making each passing turn feel more and more exciting until the dust settles and a winner is declared. Okay, then. Now, let's see what they have to say about this art, because I'm going to skip through the rest of this. I'm
0: curious about the low midichlorian count here. What does that mean? Oh, God, that gets into Star Wars lore. You sure you want to know? In short, what's it mean? Um, So in one, in, in, uh, one, of, the, one of the original Star Wars films, they introduce the concept of midichlorians, which are kind of like uh, for, the force molecules, in a sense. Okay. And uh, so it's, like the more it's kind you of have... like the particles that make up the force, in a way. But th- that is, um, I'm not sure how... Um, Uh, Canon, that is, anymore.
1: Okay, well. Anywho, we're going to see why they have a low midichlorian count.
0: I am curious.
1: While my first impression of Star Wars Unlimited TCG is largely positive, there is one aspect that left me wanting. The artwork, while serviceable, looks subpar, especially when compared to other popular card games, or um, even FFG's previous Star Wars effort, Star Wars Destiny. I believe it's like a deck builder
0: game? I've never played it. I don't know, it feels like
1: maybe it's that. It's hard to flip through a pack of Pokemon or Disney's Lorcana without being impressed by the artwork, but the same can't be said for Unlimited with its flat colors and odd looking faces. It seems like they tried to go for a comic booky art style, and in some cases it works well, mainly with spaceships and vehicles, mm. but it ends up looking rather unfortunate when characters are depicted.
0: I gotta see this. I'm curious. So
1: Star Wars Destiny's on the left, but Star Wars Unlimited's on the right.
0: Uh, oh okay see that gives me a um marvel snap kind of vibe
1: yeah that said it's not all bad there are several different art styles so if anime han solo isn't doing it for you then perhaps a more photorealistic luke skywalker will but no matter which way you slice it with your lightsaber the art we've seen so far from star wars unlimited is missing that vitally important wow factor the layout of the cards is mostly well executed with the various icons, attributes, and stats displayed well, except for the event cards. The design of event cards threw us for a loop because the art box is on the bottom as the, and the text is up top. An example.
0: Well, yep. yeah. That, while it is strange, I think that's so that you can definitely point out an event card versus any other kind of card in the game.
1: Yeah, so he says, I appreciate the designers tried something different, and it does serve to make event cards immediately recognizable, but it just didn't work. Aside from looking strange, it made quickly scanning your hand awkward because the card information is all in different places.
0: Yeah, you also might think that you gotta turn your cards around. Oh, I got an upside-down card.
1: Yeah, so, um... Pretty cool. Just neat stuff. That's the, um... Mm. That's the little preview of Star Wars Unlimited. Overall, they say that it seems fun. I think that the back-and-forth game style seems like something that would be...
0: It is. That is very interesting. It kind of reminds me of, like, the universe's system, and, or even uh, Flesh and Blood's uh, system, where you and your opponent take turns kind of a- attacking or defending. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once you both pass on the combat phase, then you resolve all the cards It was. It was. It's like one long combat chain. So that's interesting. That is interesting.
1: Yeah. Would you be interested in giving us a shot now, having heard this information?
0: I gotta see some more cards. Okay. For me, it's all about the aesthetic. If that can get me, then you know, we'll see.
1: Well, uh, Star Wars TCG. If you guys want to reach out uh, to our email, Alec would be more than happy to give the game a crack.
0: Maybe, Uh, maybe they'll have it at TCGCon. It's called TCGCon. I know they'll be there.
1: If they are, (laughs) that'd be cool. Hanging up. You know, slide us a couple starter decks or whatever. Maybe you can so, give
0: it a try. Uh, I I I mentioned this story last week, but I finally found like an article to write up about it, so I can finally talk about it more properly. Is the Digimon Liberator, Liberator manga has been announced? Okay. So Digimon is gearing up for a brand new story. Not long ago, the team behind Digimon announced the franchise has a new manga in the works. The series bears the name Digimon Liberator, and it will follow two teens as they explore the Digimon universe in all its high tech. As you can see below, it is a, it's a picture that you guys can't see. Uh, Digimon Liberator released its first key visual, and it has a lot going on. In the image, we can see one of four tamers. They call them trainers, but they're tamers. Come on, guys. In the back, as they face a massive Mon, it looks like it's a black Imperial Dramon. Thankfully, he is not alone, as a number of Digimon partners are by his side. But the question remains, how our hero got into this sticky situation? According to the team, Digimon Liberator will begin in spring 2024, so not long, and it will be housed on a yet-named web catalog. So it'll be on some weird, some, some site, who knows. Huh. The manga p- plans to tie in with a new Digimon TCG set sharing the same name. We will be getting a set called Digimon Liberator. This prompted the Digimon TCG team to drop some special info about the project and it seems Digimon Liberator will put up a character named Kazama Shoto, Center Sage. That seems to be our goggle-wearing main character. It says, Kazama Shoto, a boy with a habit of giving up and, ha- and a hard time winning card battles, sets foot in the world of Liberator through the invitation of his childhood friend, Kinosaki Arisa. Which That's kind of a funny um, like plot because... In, like, the Re-Arise series, the Digimon Arise, the main character gets into uh, Digimon battling because a friend kind of invites him in, and he then proves to be better than all of them at it. But anyway, coming across Teromon, a a new bird like Digimon we saw in 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 the TCG... Uh, and others who are wild Digimon, battles with NPCs that have gone berserk, these various encounters set the Gears of Fate in motion in a significant way. This is a story about Digimon and the world, the bore breeds. So, following the vein of Yu-Gi-Oh!, it seems the new Digimon series will follow Kazama and his friends as they summon partners using cards. The manga appears to be more about tournaments than first-person adventures. So, So it's going to be more like uh, reading or watching the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime or watching the uh, Cardfight Vanguard anime where it's about card card players, not necessarily, hey guys, we're trapped in a digital world and look, a Tyranomon wants to make friends. No, it's trying to eat us. Yeah. Okay.
1: So um, just to recap what this is, because I feel like I maybe had forgotten. This is a new Digimon manga that has a unique, like, original story that is meant to basically kind of be fleshed out through the Digimon card game?
0: Yes. I would call it kind of like a Digimon TCG project called Digimon Liberator. Okay. Where it's going to be on two fronts. You're going to have a manga, and you're going to have the card game. The The manga will tell a story, and then the card game will support the story by printing the characters and Digimon the story introduces. And... For once, it'll feel similar because the characters are co- playing Digimon Card Game, and so will you. Right. Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So I, um, as a Digimon person, what what are your thoughts on it?
0: I'm excited. I can't wait. Okay. Uh, it's just it's a it's a sure sign that Bandai is continuing to support the Digimon card game. Though they also signal the same thing with the, with the Dragon Balls uh, reboot. But we're not gonna get into all that. Uh, but uh, it's very interesting having a narrative to follow with the card game. We got a we got a taste of that with the Digimon Seekers web novel, since that was a story that got cards printed. But the two things weren't co- weren't connected in any way. Outside of just oh they had characters, we had cards. Now we have a stronger connection, and we're even getting a set named Digimon Liberator to tie it all together. Right. Okay.
1: Well. Cool. I mean, I guess that was actually mentioned before, I and mean, you mm-hmm. just got some more info on it. Something else I saw in the comment. Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I was
0: because finding Bandai news is a headache, and a headache. it seems a little
1: hard. Yeah. And speaking of that, I saw somebody in the comments from last week said something about the Digimon. Japan and English are going to be having the sets released at the same time. Is that was uh, something that was, I guess, announced yeah. or confirmed at the Bandai card. There game were Fest? a lot of
0: announcements, and that was one of them. That we are syncing up the the global release schedule with the Japanese release schedule of the, of the Digimon Card Game. I didn't mention it because I can't fi- I can't find any official like mentions of it. It was announced in the live stream that has been taken down, and then as far as North America is concerned, they haven't announced. Anything that was really announced during the card game fest, yeah. And so, it, I didn't want to talk about it unless I could just like point to some conclusive evidence of it. But it did happen, we should be merging our set releases this year. In fact, we're actually going to get more products than usual, and they're even combining certain Japanese sets into one set for us. I don't remember the exact set numbers, but. If we had some digi- some Bandai reporting, I could tell you exactly which sets are being combined, but they're gonna consolidate sets so that we can line up with the Japanese come 2025.
1: Okay. Maybe there is like a Bandai news source that we aren't aware I've been of. So if somebody hard. on the Yeah, if somebody on the internet Please has point me to like it. some sort of a way of doing that. Not a
0: Discord. <laughs> Don't point me <laughs> not to a Discord.
1: That. Okay, yeah. Well that's cool though. I mean it's, that's something that Yu Gi Oh's or some TCG players have wanted for a while as being able to just kind of be in sync with the um, mm-hmm. with the OCG. And, you know, you see more and more game series doing that these days. Like, Pokemon started doing that starting with, like, I think, when I say? It was like Gen 6, maybe, where the games would come out at the same time for Japan and right. the United States. And the, or just the West. Sorry, not just the United States. The West. Um, like it's easier the more digital
0: a game is. I know with card games, it's harder because of the supply chain issues. We've seen that hit, hit them before. It can be, it can be a little turbulent. It just
1: can make card games easier to keep up with. I think when like the format, because like you know, like, in, like I'm kind of ignorant. I can only talk about Yu-Gi-Oh here. People will always be like, oh my god, like this was really good in the OCG. Yeah, but like they have Maxi, or yeah, but they have this other card, or they've got this thing that were released at this time, and we don't have that yet. So it would be easier to like talk about the game and I think connect mm-hmm. players across the world if. We were all playing the same format. I mean,
0: it's much the same in the Digimon community. We're, um, we're always like two and a half sets behind Japan, and so that can be a headache.
1: So they're going to be changing that. It sounds like good news to me. Cool. Um, Well, anyway, I've got a a quick little gaming story. What it's not got? really a story. It's kind of more so, um, I guess you could just call it a announcement of an announcement sort of thing. I swear to God if
0: it's Power World.
1: It's not Power World, thankfully. cool, cool, cool. Uh, So, this is uh, information around the Xbox brand. So, you might have heard some announcements about, like, certain um, Xbox-exclusive titles that are supposedly going to be coming Uh, to... um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to actually... You know what? I can probably find a list of them. But there are some Xbox-exclusive titles that are going to be coming to PlayStation. And these announcements... Some were rumors, some were announcements or whatever. Like, Starfield, for instance... Okay. Or Gears of War might be going to PlayStation. That's a
0: surprise. Gears of War has been on Xbox only for so long.
1: Yeah. So, Microsoft is planning to share details about its plans to bring Hi-Fi Rush and other Xbox exclusives to PS5 and Nintendo Switch consoles, according to sources familiar with Microsoft's plans. Details of Microsoft's multi-platform plans have been gradually leaking. Um, the upcoming Indiana Jones game, which I didn't know about, is being developed or being considered for PS5. And now Microsoft is getting ready to outline the future of Xbox next week after a weekend of leaks and uncertainty for Xbox fans. So Phil Spencer, um, the lead at Xbox, says, We're listening and we hear you, says Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer in a post on X. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details about our vision for the future of Xbox. There's a lot of speculation about this, mainly because the idea is that maybe um, Microsoft will be pulling out of the physical hardware business and, Hmm. like, being, like, Xbox, the game console and maybe now just being, like, Microsoft, the games service where they publish games but the games are just on PC, they're on Game Pass, but they're also, like, on PS5 and, like, Switch and stuff and so there's no more, presumably, obviously, this is just speculation, they're like, like the Xbox Series X and Series S are like the last like Xbox consoles that will happen. I mean, and now it will just become perhaps like a service.
0: You can kind of look at the direction Xbox has been going with their latest consoles, and it makes some sense as they they've been the pioneers of moving towards like digitizing their games more. They didn't they didn't even want their latest consoles to have the ability to run physical discs. They wanted their games to be completely online. I expected an announcement that they're going into like becoming a streaming service more so, where yeah. your Xbox is a much smaller device, and it just streams games. Yeah, you said not want it to be a streaming box. I think they would like that. I mean, I so
1: this is obviously coming from somebody who I do not like own an Xbox console. I haven't had one since a 360 back in the day, so... Oh, I'm probably gee. not the best person to, like, really sound off on this, but I would love to hear what, you, How'd you know. How did you like that uh, Red Ring? That Red Ring
0: of Death? I don't think I ever got a Red Ring. Oh.
1: Luckily, but mm. maybe I did. I don't remember. It's been a while. I did, I had the, that old, old Xbox 360. They got him though, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I never got one like the Slims. But, um, yeah, so as somebody who does not, like, you know, own an Xbox console, this isn't, like, huge news for me personally. I know that, that for a lot of people, they've kind of seen this as, like, xbox gave up right you know like they they gave up yeah they just they threw in the conceding. towel yeah they threw in the towel against sony sony won the console wars forever they've won alec they beat them it's over pack it up no um i i, <laughs> I mean i think this is fine because like if this is the case and we don't even know that it is the case mm. but if it is the case I mean, Microsoft just got like Activision Blizzard. Like they've got so many games under their belt. They're doing a...
0: yeah. They're not they're not done by a long shot. Yeah,
1: like I think that them just publishing games is a fine decision. It might even be more like economical in a way because we do know that making consoles has traditionally been something that's done at a loss. Right. Like they sell the console to you at a loss, and they re- and then they make their profits from like selling you games and stuff and like services
0: and microsoft does not owe like the gaming industry anything of that sort consoles were first developed by the japanese sony's a japanese company they're more traditional they they will probably they're unlikely to discontinue making consoles because that's a part of like the culture, kind of culture yeah that has been established over there Microsoft said hey we just got into it because other people were doing it we can we can get we can leave just as soon as we started like yeah I mean I think like
1: uh, the weirdest part about it I think for a lot of people is just that so many of us grew up on the idea of kind of competing consoles since we were all kids whether it was like you know Dreamcast days like that sort of thing or
0: Sega.
1: you know like N64, PS1, all that stuff, there's just there's always kind of it's felt like there's always been like a Sony versus Microsoft or Nintendo versus Sega or just something. And it'll be weird to basically kind of go into an era if if this happens where Xbox is is it if they're even calling it like kind of Xbox per se. Microsoft is just publishing games. Yeah. And you kind of you play them wherever. I think that's cool. I think it's very futuristic. I think it kind of reminds me of how like you could play Fortnite and literally anything with a screen. You can play it on your toaster. I mean, it, but but I think that for like a longtime fan, you might feel a bit betrayed.
0: And I I can see that as for Microsoft as a company, it never quite made sense that they had their own console brand, right? Mm-hmm. But also, the vast majority of PCs ran on Microsoft.
1: Yeah, like, like Windows or oh, whatever.
0: Windows, and that's, you know, that's, Windows I, is Microsoft's product, and a very large amount of gamers play on PC, so in a weird sense, Microsoft had two, two game consoles. consoles.
1: It did feel that way when Game Pass kind of got to the point where, like, you could have Game Pass, and just, like, I have, I technically have Game Pass, and I don't have an Xbox. Yeah. Like, I could have it and just play my games on PC. Because they have what, so. it's,
0: what is it called, the Microsoft Store? On, uh, on PC?
1: Oh, yeah. I think Windows has the, the Microsoft Store, but I thought that was for apps. I think Game Pass is...
0: I, f- I forget you know, like, don't exactly don't Don't listen, listen to either of us. I've we, used it, <laughs> but I forgot how I used it. Because I played Sea of Thieves using Game Pass. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I did, anymore. too.
1: I played Sea of Thieves with Game Pass. Very, That was a cool time. Um, I, you know... If, that's, if that ends up being what they announce, like, hey, you know, we're just going to kind of, like, put these Xbox games everywhere... I think that's a win. I don't. I don't see a loss there, or, or at least I think it's only a loss if you like obsess over console wars.
0: It could be cool if they uh, establish Xbox is now a publishing company, where Which now I it kinda was. their games, like, like Xbox exclusive games, released through the Xbox publishing so they still stuff the Xbox logo on them. I think that would be cool. They probably
1: are planning something like that. I know there's been some outcry on the internet, but I will. Uh, well, I guess we'll just wait and see what Phil has to tell us about. Yeah. Um, The future of Xbox.
0: I mean, consoles can't. Consoles die, man. I mean, there were Dreamcast diehards, and they had to just let it go. You know.
1: Well, so I don't. I hesitate to use the word die because I feel like death suggests that, like, you know, it just failed and things went wrong and had to like pull the plug. I
0: I, I meant more so that it's reached the end point of its life.
1: But yeah, I think you're right in that regard. It's it's more like they've just decided that they're at a point where they do not need. Xbox the physical hardware product anymore.
0: In fact, I think um, Microsoft might be making the smarter decision of the big gaming companies Mm -hmm. by not feeling beholden to consoles, by not having to adhere to tradition. They can, they're more versatile and they can make the best moves for their company and maybe even gaming in general. This actually might be... It might be the right call. This might might save gaming. (laughs) Use but our, you know what i mean use like, our
1: buzzwords carefully
0: <laughs> save gaming microsoft died xbox died sony won like, like, you know whatever oh uh, my oh god xbox died for us for our gaming sins and now i don't think
1: anything any, there's i don't think anyone can die enough for all the gaming <laughs> sins at this point point. no hope for that anyway yes yeah, so that's the story i think that could be kind of cool um i'll be i'll be i'll be looking into it
0: mm-hmm.
1: see what there is to see in the future of xbox got anything else for us
0: so i have a not so typical story okay uh this one deals with star wars does it yes so um you didn't watch the mandalorian i didn't but the the mandalorian season one was very popular and it it's kind of biggest star outside of baby yoda was actually not the mandalorian himself okay it was cara dune played by gina carano who was a breakout star in that series, so much so that Disney said, well, we're going to go ahead and give her her own spinoff because people love her. Yeah. Well, uh, Gina, she has some pretty strong political views, yeah. which isn't usually a problem, but she was very, very vocal about them and offended people pretty constantly. Okay. And at some point she said something that offended the, the producers or the, the people in charge of her show. And so, she got kicked off The Mandalorian and basically blacklisted from Disney at the bare minimum and probably their, like, all TV major kind of movie roles afterwards. Anyway, so she's now uh, suing Disney and Elon Musk is funding her to do it. What? So,
1: she's suing them, I guess, for what?
0: For wrongful termination and discrimination. Discrimination. What did she say?
1: If it's, like, okay to say
0: on Like I don't. I don't think what's the speci- so she said a lot of things, but the the oh, okay. one thing that like, okay, I kind of like off, broke
1: the camel's back, so to speak. I
0: don't. They don't. They don't have a quote here, but I remember it for the most part. She compared the plight of the right wing, like Trump supporter, to that of the Jewish people during the Holocaust.
1: Ooh, that's extreme.
0: It was pretty extreme. Okay. Not an equivalent take at all, but. She said it, and you yeah. know, in, in her mind, I have a freedom of speech. I can say what I want, but they don't have to employ you. You can say what you want, but no one has to employ you for saying things like this. And yeah. so she kind of, and you know, she'd been. They talked to her a few times, and but she doubled and tripled down. So they cut her. They cut her off. Since, uh, sadly, Gina has taken on a lot. Uh, only a few. Um, Lesser projects, we'll call Less them lesser. Roles. We'll call them lesser. Okay, and some, and she has not gotten off of her like political high horse one bit. She was in that My Son Hunter movie about the the kind of hit job on Hunter Biden.
1: What a bizarre! <laughs> so she went from like acting in the Mandalorian to that. Yeah. Oh man, that's a, that's a downgrade.
0: It, it's it's kind of sad to see because I really liked her character in the Mandalorian, and, but. I, it, it. To
1: me, it's just a reminder that, like, you know, without even getting, like, overtly political here, I'll just say that I think you can kind of have whatever views, but I think that in the entertainment industry, it's it seems like a pretty early lesson people learn is, you just just, just keep, keep, keep it, to, it yourself. to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. Because like, I know there's oftentimes these, like, criticisms people will have about, like, this industry's gone woke, or, you know, cancel culture is killing America or something, whatever. Sure, you can have that conversation if you want, but I think that the honest truth is just that, like, if you are like you know a prominent actor or something, or you have a prominent role, particularly with companies like Disney, where like I mean, we've seen how hard they police those people in those Marvel movies. They like
0: you, you, are, you can't really say much if you you're know, a Marvel you employee. Just, just
1: be a good role model and just kind of keep keep any extreme views to yourself. And I know like people will hear that and be like, "But but but my freedom of speech." Yeah, I know, but it's not. I think to me at least, it's. Not ab- about freedom of speech. It's just about like common sense a
0: little bit. I, mean, you know? I remember in my business law class, we talked about the freedom of speech and how many people misunderstand what that means. Mm-hmm. The freedom of speech only means the government can't tell you what you can or can't say. Correct. But pretty much everyone else can. And they, while they can't they can't force, forcibly silence you, they can punish you. Your job does not have to keep you on if you yeah. say things that they don't like. The police can still arrest you if you say things they don't like.
1: So now, I guess Elon Musk funding her um, her lawsuit is that what's happening? Yeah.
0: So Elon, that that sounds like he's a big Gina Carano fan more so than anything else. Yeah. Because I I believe he even said that he was going to help her get into like a Star Wars killer type movie. I think that fell apart. I don't know whatever happened to that. (laughs)
1: Okay. I mean, what is the Star Wars killer? I'd I'd love to. I mean I the Star the Wars killer is Disney, it.
0: but we're not gonna get into that conversation. Oh
1: ouch. <laughs> listen to you, got some takes to do we. But, okay. but well.
0: yeah, but Elon Musk, he's 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 throwing his weight around trying to like make things happen. I don't truly understand why. I mean,
1: he's been funding a few more um controversial causes, we'll say. That's maybe mm-hmm. the most even way I can say it. I hope for the best – like, I would like for her to be able to get the job back. Like, I, I think that that would be nice at least. It sounds like she's probably not getting it back. I guess what she's looking for now, or I guess, just damages. But um, I think that the real lesson here is just, like, don't – you know. Like, if you have it good, don't get into crazy stuff. Don't, like, say, like, crazy stuff – it's rough, but, like, that's kind of how it is.
0: I mean, and to be fair, that was in an era where a lot of people were aggressively sharing their opinions. And Karano might feel a bit... Uh, upset because there are people who said a lot of the same things she was she was saying and were just as disruptive in their cast, but they didn't get fired. Yeah. They didn't get blackballed. Yeah, because uh, it's pretty telling that uh, Carano like is not getting work for any reputable like, yeah. projects.
1: Nothing major. Not nothing of the nothing of her caliber, frankly. Yeah, right. Like it's probably stuff beneath her acting caliber. But interesting. Well. Anyway, I guess it's time to uh, draw a few cards. Yeah, draw a few cards from the pot of greed. Thank you guys as always for submitting questions. We always appreciate it when you do because, um, well, it's fun. You can submit your questions in the Google form below. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's see what I get. Is this, nope, that's, that's blank. Oh, found one, found one, found one. Here we go.
1: Yeah, let's see what we have here.
0: Oh, right. why is it so long? Okay.
1: Okay, me first or you first? you first? I'll go, I'll go. Okay.
0: I don't play the physical game right now because of too many money sinks. But would right now be a good time to join back in with all the new products?
1: Oh, would now be a good time to start playing physical TCG again?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so.
1: I, I think it's fine. I mean, you know, there's... There's obviously a conversation around, like, if you want to play the best thing in the game right now, yeah, it's expensive. Like if,
0: yeah, if your goal is to play the best deck, then maybe it's not a good time. But, but like, frankly,
1: I think that you're just a normal person like, who's trying to play. There's no reason not if to. If you're a Raid
0: Raptor fan, it's a great time to get back in. It's got yeah. new
1: support. Yeah, like, if you're a fan of just, like, kind of some older decks or just something that's not literally, like, kind of snake diabell star, yeah, like, rescues, Fire King thing.
0: Fire King.
1: Like, then you're probably okay. Um, I would say that there's some exciting products that have come out, like, between Rarity Collection 1 last year and Mm -hmm. then the advent of Rarity Collection 2 on the horizon, it seems like most staples will be on the easier end to get. Right. And then, um, I don't know, I mean, I think, like, Age of Overlord was cool. I think Phantom Nightmare is cool. I think, like, there's not really much to say that's
0: bad. I guess I'm just curious, when did they get out of the game? What was too much of a money sink then? Yeah, I don't know
1: if their question meant that they just currently have a lot of money sinks in their life. Like maybe they're playing other gotcha games and other different like obligations. Or if it's just a matter of like they got out of Yu-Gi-Oh! because it was simply too expensive at the time. Because like, spoiler alert, Yu-Gi-Oh! pretty much always is gonna be like expensive at the top level. That's not a secret. It sucks. I wish that could change. But that's like almost always the case. But I think that there is sort of... We do have this tendency to fixate on that because it's an undesirable, like, situation and forget that, like, for the average person, you know, you don't have to actually spend a thousand bucks on a Yu-Gi-Oh deck. And, no, and literally, Konami is not going to, like, come to your house and pull the money out of your wallet. Neither is, like, TCG Player or eBay or the local game store. Like, I mean... Play what you want. But we,
0: we've never had a time where we had Rarity Collection before. We've never had a time where we're going to get a Rarity Collection 2, not even a full year after Rarity Collection 1. Yeah. So this will probably be some of the cheapest Yu-Gi-Oh! we'll get for a minute.
1: Yeah, I think right now Yu-Gi-Oh! is at its most, arguably most accessible. Like, you know, mm. in, in a weird way. Um, I mean, because so.
0: Fire Kings is a strong deck, and that's is a structure deck. Yeah, you can
1: buy three Fire King structures and, like, throw in some staples or something from Rarity Collection and have a serviceable deck. Yeah. Like, you do not have to play Bonfire and Wanted in it. Like, I know like it, the internet might tell you that. You can work towards getting them by using yeah. just your... Use your use some and store of credit at your local deck. store and kind of like build it up. But, like, yeah. So, um, I would say yes. Give it a crack.
0: Yeah, I'll double down on the yes. Are there any cards
1: that got a better name in the TCG than the OCG? So, this is an interesting question because, like, mm. you know, typically people get kind of upset when they change card names and stuff, Me. right? Like, they um, changed... There's a, there's a few recent examples. Totally awesome. You think Totally Awesome is a better name? Worse. A worse name. Well, the yeah. question is, do you think there were names that were better in the t shirt? I know. Category? That's what I'm
0: trying to think of. I
1: was actually going to say I like Totally Awesome. Boo. I think Treat Toad's boring. I like Treat Toad. Okay. Well. I'm t- okay, let's think of one that's like, that we can agree is better. Um, hmm. I Okay, one that I think is, I don't want to say like better or worse, but Halky Fibrax is a weird name. Nick ne- ne- Christian Halky yeah, Fibrax, that was always Helky like a really a bizarre. Um,
0: what was the, uh, uh what, I mean, like, I'm trying
1: to think of archetypes of late, I mean, because usually I the like archetype the, will come uh, out, and then I'll just kind of start calling it the TCG name, and that's just. I mean,
0: in very recent news, I think that Snake Eye Poplar is easier to say than Snake Eye Populous. Yeah. Right.
1: Like, i generally don't mind the tcg name changes i think that they're I've minded many They're like i guess i i mind them at first they come out i start calling them that and then it just doesn't it kind of i just forget after mm-hmm. that point like it, it's easy to um just transition into saying them
0: i'm trying it's not easy for me i get attached to my ocg names yeah i guess oh, like it with um oh i forgot their names Oh like Spriggans being turned into like springins. Like they they put springans in the Spring-gan. TCG. I actually them want guns. But they there were sprig guns in the OCG which is much more accurate to what they are.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, I guess I can't think of anything that's like explicitly better. I just kind of tend to I'll just call them what they are called because
0: I just want to As is your right. Times. Um so I'll always call Spriggans Spriggans. Spriggans. Okay, well, at any
1: rate, next draw. Number two. Oh. Yeah. If anybody in chat has ones where you think like they explicitly made a, a better like a better name in the TCG. Oh, I've got one. I've got, got one. Um I think that the fur hires.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. they're no naming and convention. Mainly because
1: them. they got a cool naming convention. Yeah. So before they were called like the um Not like the Sky Brigade or kind of thing like that. Mm -hmm. But um, in the TCG, they're called fur hires, which is like a play on being for hire and then being a fur hire because they're animals. But the way that they actually write out the card effects is the only archetype in the game where like they'll say, like their rota type of card would be like, add one monster for hire from your deck to your hand Mm -hmm. instead of adding one for hire monster. And they say that with all their effects. I think that's the most genius, fun like I like TCG that their I like
0: that too, like Bravo, so and so for, for higher.
1: Yeah. Like I don't know. I think it was a really cool, like just cheeky joke that had some personality.
0: Alright, so I have spell and traps have icons for quick play, continuous, etc. Do you think monsters could do the same?
1: Oh, for like effect types. Yes. Like a quick effect
0: or a I guess continuous effect. The issue I run into with this is typically the the icon in your spell and trap denotes the entirety of that card's effect. Like a continuous spell... Its whole effect is typically continuous. Sometimes there's, sort of kind yeah. like, or at least it used to be. That has changed. Yeah, nowadays, years. who knows? Monsters would probably need multiple icons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thing is
1: also where would it go? Like, because it could go where the bullet should go. Yeah, because really, I think that I'm, I am, what you said. I'm more so a fan of bullet points for effects mm-hmm. for readability. Because I think if you had just the symbol, I don't know where that would go. Like if you're talking about like putting it in the text box alongside the rest of the effect, that's a small little that, that, tiny little text box. We're already barely working with any space. Now, if you want to put it beside the level stars, it could happen because then it's like how spells and traps are. But like, but then it's like, well, like you said, most monsters will have multiple kinds of effects. Like sometimes they'll have an ignition effect, and sometimes they'll have like a continuous effect, and so. That's, uh... I then, like, should we make hard. a symbol
0: for, on like, on summon effects? I think we
1: just need bullet points. Yeah, I mean, I think that bullet general. points would be just... For readability, it's the best we can probably hope for. Mm-hmm. Not to say that this is a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. I just think that, um... Bullet points are probably a better middle ground of, like, ease of implementation. Right. For right now. But, um... My question... Or, did you have any other... No,
0: that was my thoughts.
1: What do you think of Konami reprint The idea of Konami reprinting the original starter decks? So, I'm guessing, like, starter Yu-Gi-Kaiba, Joey, Pegasus is probably what this person is talking about. Uh, Should they reprint them in the modern day?
0: As is? Like, as they, I as think they were?
1: So. I think that's what this person meant. I
0: don't think Yu-Gi-Oh! needs more shelf-bloat. I think the product could sell, mm-hmm. but to an extent it also wouldn't sell... And it would sit on shelves because, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! players would not buy these. Like, active Yu-Gi-Oh! players would not buy them.
1: Yeah, I think that you would get a lot of, like, kind of nostalgia fans at first who will kind of, like, flock to get this stuff. But there is a really dark realization that you pretty quickly have about all these old products because this happened when they re-released, you know, L.O.B., Magic mm-hmm. Ruler, Venom, Pharaoh F- Servant, all that stuff, Metal Raiders. Old, go back suck.
0: They're not like, like good and
1: not suck as in like you know. I have plenty of fond memories of them, but the opening experience of them is kind of awful. The pull rates. I are mean, you. Well, the poor The pull rates are all right, but like you're just getting a bunch of vanillas. Like even the best pack is still a bunch of vanillas and like freaking an equip spell that gives you 300 attack and defense. I mean, and I just you don't just,
0: think those sets were very well balanced for the opening experience. They, they, they aren't. And most of the cards were not even relevant or useful to the format you were playing in. Because, yeah. like, each set had one monster that had higher attack than all the others, and that was okay. Those were the only monsters you wanted to run. Pretty much ninety percent of the rest of the set you didn't even want.
1: Yeah, I think like I, you know, you. The idea of LOB is very exciting, Mm. but actually opening LOB is not because you won't actually pull like that blue eyes, white dragon most of the time. You'll pull a bunch of vanillas, a bunch of vanilla fusions that have like 1100 attack, and a bunch of equip spells that give you 300 attack each. And that's the set. And you know, you suddenly will feel a lot emptier when you have paid all this money to get like this box or these packs or whatever. And it sucks. The same kind of goes for like Starter Deck, Yugi, and Kaiba. Like none of the cards that you get in that would really be useful today. So you and a friend could certainly play it if like, you know, you want to do like a kitchen table thing with your right. friend from, you know, elementary school or something. But like, there's I just, not I, I think that there's value beyond that. There's really not. It would bloat shelves. Now, if they want to, you know, maybe kind of try to modernize them. That's a different story. Like there could be something there. We've done that there.
0: before, and we, we've we seen what what it could look like with the Asian-English uh, uh, starter decks, or mm-hmm. structure decks, whatever they were called. And those were cool products, but we've really seen how much Yu-Gi-Oh! has changed over the years. Those those decks are nothing like the starter decks.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm all about, like, kind of bringing back maybe the, the character on the box and, mm-hmm. like, kind of the, the the window where you can see the card inside, like... Appeal like that could certainly get a lot more people like into Yu-Gi-Oh. They would notice it, but reprinting them like card for card the same way that they were, I don't think is a great idea. I think it will just sit on shelves after a while, and yeah. card shops will suffer for that. And because
0: I mean, even our shop still has like the reprinted boxes. Of some the Pharaoh Sermon Metal Raiders just sitting it's there. It's like,
1: and no one's buying it.
0: Like you might, you'll get a few like casual fans who remember it from the olden day, and they'll buy a few. They buy a
1: pack or two, but, but like, that's
0: it. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, Spell Ruler or whatever, Magic Ruler got by on at least having some goat staples, so people kind of bought that with the potential for pulling a lot of those. But
0: um, but after this whole two-player Star Deck debacle filling up shelves, I don't think Yu-Gi-Oh! needs any more, other, any more new products that are just going to sit there and not sell.
1: Yeah, um, that actually reminds me, I guess I can finish off with a little quick recap of that. A video that we did on the main channel this week was around playing the Yu-Gi-Oh!'s new like, two-player starter set. Mm-hmm. And it was a little atrocious, I'll be honest. Now, I want to clear up a couple of things. or Not clear up a couple of things, but just to like reiterate. I. So what we did in this video, it's on the main channel if you want to watch it, is we got two of my friends, real-life non-Yu-Gi-Oh friends. I have them, if you can Who believe it. Who would have thought? Um, and gave them the two-player starter set, and we were like, here, sit down, play, we're not going to help. Unless things go completely off the rails, I'm going to just see what would two people's experience with this product be like. And what I found was that while the teaching experience could be hit or miss, there were consistent. There were things that just made no sense to me, like not including a playmat, mm. not including token cards when the deck uses token cards. They
0: no, have little tokens at the back of the book. Yeah, they're little, to- they're little big.
1: black and white paper tokens in the last page they didn't tell you anything about. You can cut those out and use them. So I think that the product failed more so in the front of like not giving people really like what I think that they needed to
0: to have they didn't have the tools for success
1: yeah and then the duel like ends abruptly yeah it just kind of like ends it in the middle of the duel and they're just like okay the duel's in over the rest and, is in your hands yeah the rest is in your hands figured out we gave up
0: Their and their hands so. are like
1: uh. so it's like i don't think the product was a bad conceptual idea um and i don't think that like konami should not have made it it's nothing like that i just think that there were some real omissions and it feels like it was like a half-baked product and i hope that that's something that they can maybe Take a second stab at with some serious new uh, goggles, but agreed. Yeah, so you can check that out if you guys want.
0: But uh, yeah, that's that. Mm-hmm. That's it for this episode of the, the Pod. Pod of of greed.
1: greed. Hope you guys enjoyed. Shots everybody who is listening live or anybody who's listening on any podcast platform: Spotify,
0: Apple, Google, Amazon. And if you want to participate, go ahead and drop questions in our Google form in the description so that you can, too, be a part of the pot of greed. That's right. We'll see you guys next week or maybe even this weekend at TCG Con. If you're going to be there in
1: Houston, Texas, we'll see you guys in the next one. Pass.